This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Christopher Schindler. Has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to a special crossover episode of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. This week, the number of vegans using social media to try and push their plant-based ideals onto the carnivorous side of the population for Veganuary has only been topped by the amount of Huddersfield Town fans worrying about the January transfer window. Uh, here with me, Matt, to aid in a special transfer deep dive episode is a man whose surname is on the auto ban list from the uh, National Vegan Society, and that is a Mr. Stephen Chicken. How are you? How are you doing, Stephen? Yeah, I'm. I'm not bad. Veganism is a protected philosophy, or have you know, Matthew? <laughs> and I don't like seeing the good name of, of my vegan friends. I tried it for two weeks. Dragged through the soy mud. <laughs> Dragged through the soy. Soy mud. Mud um, is vegan friendly, isn't it? This doesn't work. Joining Stephen and myself is a guy who for three months I thought was a football Twitter type uh, with a Twitter handle of David Hattrick. Uh, true story. <laughs> you love to see it as they mundanely say on there. It's the Optostatsman David Hartrick. Hello, and I'd just like to say that I'm quite behind this vegan thing because I love animals. They're delicious. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay, um, maybe we should call this episode Ooh to Take a Chance, possibly. <laughs> What is this? A crossover episode? Getting the bad jokes out of the way early. If anyone's turning off, I'm getting them out of the way early, don't you? Uh, okay, so rounding up the foursome, if you're talking football in a pub, then this man will be there in a shot. Pint in hand. Uh, from episode 50, it's Mr. Josh Quirk. Matthew, how, how are you doing? You I'm right, good, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Excited about the window? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. It's not what you told me on WhatsApp, but there we well, go. Well, no, no, I didn't. He's we in a shop, but he's way too big to fit in a shop. <laughs> Definitely never been a vegan, put it that way. No, he's, he's, I, he's a walking, I, <laughs> walking pterodactyl. I, I feel like I should stick up, genuinely stick up for vegans, because it feels like we're... Because they're too weak to do it themselves. <laughs> uh, so... Right, guys, so the point of this episode is not to talk about veganism. So we've lost so many listeners already, haven't we? But it's not to talk about that, but the point is to do a deep dive. Money. 
but Lita gives it straight to Moy again who shoots. What a goal, Aaron Moy! An absolute thunderbolt delivered all the way from Australia. Williams streaking across the halfway line, runs into Christopher Schindler and Town knock it forward. De Plaxo's forward, De Plaxo's got the better yes! And Laurent De Plaxo scores! Laurent De Plaxo scores! He Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. To more serious matters of the transfer window, we're uh, we're a couple of days in, so we're recording this on the seventh of January. So there have been no signings in as it stands at the moment. One or two outs with Ryan Schofield going to to Livingston at the minute. So hopefully Ryan gets some uh, some first team football. I think it'll do him the world of good, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, on on the way out there, up in up in Livingston. Reese Brown to Peterborough. Ben Jackson went to Stockport. Yep. So. We've got three outs at the minute, and, and they're good. So Ben Jackson signed a new contract. We'll we'll come on to positions later. So Ben Jackson signed a new. Uh, it's quite a long contract. So for a, for a young player, so for a 19, 20 year old, they give him a two two year deal with a, a one year option. So that's quite a statement, I think, from the club to give him uh, that length of contract. And I know from little bits that Nicky Cowell is quite a, a fan of Ben Jackson. So that's great to hear that he's going back out to tier five, if you like. And uh, good luck to Ben down at Stockport. But. Uh, so the point of this is to have a look at the window, have a look at the Huddersfield Town squad and try and work out where and what uh, moves will be made this, this month. Um, so we'll have a look at Danny Cowley's squad building potential. So the first thing that we'll do is that I've been in touch with a uh, Lincoln City fan um, uh, from the Lincoln City fanzine at Stacey West blog. Uh, Gary Hutchinson from there has been really kind enough to uh, give us a 10-minute recording of how Danny Cowley built the Lincoln squad, what type of players he looks at for Lincoln. And uh, this is the kind of thing that we're going to go into. So this is quite a niche podcast, if you like. So we'll be looking pretty much at the type of players that we'll, we'll do. We'll try and marry up the current squad with the type of players that Danny Cowley has used in his process in the past as well. And we'll try and sort of have a look at it from a technical point of view and try and speculate, if you like, as to who may stay, who may go and, and, and what the feeling is around the place. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll play the uh, interview with uh, Gary Hutchinson now and then he'll give you a little insight into how Danny Cowley built the squad at Lincoln. Uh, Gary Hutchinson here from uh, Lincoln City blog, The Stacey West. I'm looking to give you some tactical insight into Danny Cowley and, and, and how he set up at Lincoln. Um, I certainly think that 4-2-3-1 is the favoured formation. Uh, he, he did have a flexibility to go 4-4-3, um, very rarely favoured 4-4-2, not, not a traditionalist in that sense. Um, liked to set the team up not to get beat rather than to win. And although that sounds negative, we, we won two titles and got an FA Cup quarterfinal. So he's certainly not negative, um, but, but building from, from a solid back line is really important. Um, I think going through the numbers... 1 to 11. Um, in terms of a keeper, he likes a shot stopper with good distribution. Uh, distribution really is key as well. He, he persevered with Paul Farman um, through the National League uh, for, for his distribution to get forward quicker. When we came into the Football League, he, he did s slow the pace down a little bit. We weren't quite as eager to go into to the big number 10, um, which then necessitated a better shot stopper coming in. Um, and he, We had Josh Vickers, who we've got now. We had Matt Jilks, who was excellent for us. Um, moving into the back four, 
In terms of fullbacks, he likes an attacking fullback. Let's make no mistake about that at all. There's no one conservative on one side, one one attacking on the other, anything like that. Um, the fullbacks he will be looking to get forward. He'll be looking for them to overlap as much as possible. When in attack, they will be expected to join in more so than the two holding central midfielders, which we'll come on to. So he really likes to overload the attack and he likes to get in into the channels and into the space. So he'll get a fullback on the outside and then whoever's playing on, on the left or the right hand side of midfield uh, ahead of them in the, the, the three in attack will then look to tuck in as well. Um, and that's interchangeable. So we had um, Harry Toffolo and Bruno Andrade last year. And, and quite often Harry would get the ball to Bruno, overlap, and then it would be Harry in the gap behind, even though he's coming from the number three. Um, so do expect that. And that will, if he stays true to um, the the process that he did at Lincoln, then that's a, a real key component of, of what Danny Cowley likes to do. Um, ever since he came to Lincoln, right the way back to the National League, the first thing he did was bring in wingers. He brought in Nathan Arnold. Uh, right back at the beginning of the 2016-17 season, who influenced our promotion. Um, there's Harry Anderson, there's been Bruno Andrade, there's been Terry Hawkridge. Uh, he's brought in lone wingers like Jordan Roberts, Jordan Williams. It's, he, he loves a wide player. So if you don't have the right complement of wide players at the moment, be it left back or be it on the outside of the three, that's one thing to expect. I'd say centre-halves, he likes them to be uncomplicated. Um, one problem we've got at the moment is we're trying to play out from the back and we've got centre-halves who can't do that. Expect height. He likes his centre-halves to come forward for set pieces as well. If he's got one six two, six three, six four, that'll be something that he'll be looking to exploit. Really wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't look at bringing Sean Raggett into Huddersfield um, at the end of this season, uh, depending on his Norwich situation. He's a massive fan of Sean Raggett. What Rags could do, he could bring the ball out from the back. and I, I don't mean play out from the back. He would make a surging run, 10, 20, 30 yards, which would mean that he, we didn't have to go quite as long. And I think, I think Danny's really keen on making sure that he's not a long ball manager, um, but he does what's necessary. I expect your centre-halves to be hard. Nasty, Michael Boswick style, who we've got at the moment, throw a tackle in. Um, ideally, though, the, the physical presence uh, up front, uh, certainly from, from corners and from set pieces, is, is, is markedly mark Danny Cowley. Uh, quite right, then, he, he will then look for two number sixes, almost double sixes. He plays two central midfielders sitting in front of a back four, can look very negative. One of them will be a ball winner, one of them will be a ball player. So in that sense, it's a traditional 4-4-2 midfield pairing, just sat a little bit further down the field. They sit deeper. Uh, they'll look to mop up any of the problems po posed by teams playing a similar formation. So uh, one of them will be looking to get on the, on the opponent's 10 if they set up in that way, or if there's two centre-forwards, then they'll be dropping back and helping out the centre-backs. Very, very uncomplicated midfield um, process, really. Uh, the tackler for us was Michael O'Connor. The ball player was Lee Frecklington. But Danny can mix it up. He could have two tacklers in there. Very rarely will have two ball players. Very much about sol uh, solidity. Moving on, you then have the three behind the lone strike. And as I've said, wide players are really key to what Danny Cowley tries to do. Um, he loves a winger. He loves a player who has got not just the guile and flair to get past a player, but he'll have a winger that's a bulldozer, uh, which was Harry Anderson all over. So he, he's looking for a winger who will get beyond no matter what the uh, the method by doing that, whether he batters his way through, whether it's a cute run, whether it's by beating a player. Um, but also these players will need to work hard to get back. He will expect his two wide players to track back all the time. And some players have come to us who obviously have quite a bit of talent. Cameron Stewart was a classic example, former Leeds and Man United, but he didn't track back. 
Bruno Andrade was in and out of our side, massively creative player, um, but Danny at times had issues with the way that he was tracking back. All about hard work. When you hear the word process, it's hard work. That's what he means. Relentless, absolutely relentless, and he expects that from his players. If uh, if we're defending or if you're defending and, and there's a player stood with his hands on his hips, um, he's going to find himself on the bench uh, in the in the near future. Now, the 10 role is really important as well, because uh, in a 4-2-3-1, central striker can look isolated. So in actual fact, it needs to be fluid. And Danny will very rarely talk about formations. He talks about process, but he won't say we set up in a 4-2-3-1. Because he will expect when Huddersfield are on the ball and moving into the final third, he will expect it to look more like a 4-4-2 or even a 4-2-4. That's what he'll expect. When the ball comes back, the 10 then has to get back. And then you're looking at it more being something like a 5-4-1 formation. And that role he really struggled with, I think, at Lincoln. And the fans struggled with it a little bit as well, because football fans traditionally like to see two centre-forwards. Um, Shane McCartan last season played the role for us, uh, but was often found tracking back more than he was being able to get up and alongside John Akindi, uh, which can, again, make things look a little negative. And I think that's where Danny gets the stigma of playing um, moon ball. But it, it, it's not. It's clever percentages football. You know, do not. If you don't concede goals, you don't lose games. If you don't lose games, you don't get relegated. Everything else builds on from there. Um, up top, central striker, you will see a combination of the big man and the runner. So he's going to be looking for somebody that's able to hold the ball up but also able to run into the channels. And his reasoning for this, he said in a conversation with me once, is when you're away from home and you're under the cost, so Huddersfield away at, let's say, Leeds, and Leeds are having the pressure. To relieve that pressure, the best way to, to get the ball out is to go long to a centre-forward. Not play long ball from the start, but to get it to your centre-forward. It's only successful if your centre-forward can then hold that ball up, be it hold it up for the wide players to come in, albeit for the centre-forward to run into a channel, into a corner, and then expect that bank of three to fluidly evolve into whatever the attack needs it to be. So he's not going to be bringing in diminutive forwards. He's not going to be bringing in little tricky uh, centre-forwards at all because that won't fit his game plan or his process. His centre-forward will be 6-6-2, six, 6-3, six, six, be powerfully built, he'll be strong, he won't mind taking a few knocks, um, but he will also have the power and the pace and the awareness to run in behind. Um, it may be very frustrating because the way that Danny plays doesn't necessarily um, allow a centre-forward to get the goal-scoring opportunity he needs all the time. This year, I think we went well, I think we went with Tyler Walker and he was very successful in the earlier part of the season. But again, he just looked isolated when the 10 didn't get through to him. Um, I think that just about sums up his tactics. I'd be very surprised if you don't sign domestic players um, or players based over here in the UK. Danny's very thorough in how he puts um, his transfer policy together. So I think that you will probably see him signing players from the Championship or the Premier League. I don't think he'll be looking down at the moment to sign when he in the January transfer window he normally looks for impact players he looks for players who are going to be better than what he already has and then he'll make his speculative signings in the summer so I, I personally don't think he'll be coming to us for the likes of Harry Toffler or Harry Anderson um, over the coming days or certainly touch wood I hope he won't um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you don't look at Sammy Smodic at Bristol City um, Danny has a very good relationship with Bristol City and you may find um, that he signs players from a, a collection of four or five clubs. He has relationships that he keeps tapping into and keeps going back to. And it wouldn't surprise me if for this transfer window alone, he looks to exploit those, uh, goes with what he knows 
until the end of the season and then perhaps he's a little bit more comfortable using uh, the, the rest of the structure that Huddersfield have put in place. Um, and that's it really. I wish you all the luck for the season. We, we do miss Danny. We're moving on ourselves now. Um, but he is an incredibly good manager. Uh, his style of football doesn't always uh, display the amount of preparation and um, uh, guile that goes into it. It sometimes looks a little bit basic, but that man will leave no stone unturned. Uh, and if Huddersfield Town stick with Danny Cowley, uh, I would dare wager my house that within two years we'll be back in the Premier League. Um, such is, is the man's ability. All right, so what do you guys think of what uh, Gary's had to say? So you've all had a chance to uh, to listen to that. Uh, he's, he's mentioned, he's, he's gone into great detail. So thanks again to Gary for doing that. So I'll go to you first, David. What what were your impressions of what Gary had to say? Do you think it marries up with what we've got? Or does it kind of like go in your expectations as to what, uh, how Danny Cal is? And it may be that Danny Cal goes a completely different way from that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, I think that's what I, what, what I wanted to say first, really, that, I think it's very easy to forget that the, the end of Danny Cowley's career, which end he is. He's very he's still at the start. This is his first really big management move. Um, first time he's managed in the championship. First time he's been dealing with players of a certain caliber. First time he's been dealing with agents of a certain caliber. Um, first time he's had to deal with a raft of players that they need to get out as well as a raft of players in and he's got people backing him up for that I think you can you can look back and see patterns um, but the the town situation it's something that me and Steve have spoke before from the top to the bottom and in the squad this is a really unique position you know th- this is I'm not going to say mismanagement because I don't think it's down to any one person but they've had three what I would say were bad transfer windows and the squad is in a mess so you can look at what Danny's done before but then there's also some big gaping holes in the squad that have got to be filled regardless of how he wants to do it or the the archetype of the player so I think you can see some patterns and I think we can probably when we go on position by position later I think we're more than likely going to get to the point where I think we all have an idea of how he wants to play and how he wants certain players to play in certain positions but at the same time this is it's it's a very different thing from sort of coming in and trying to improve a squad and build a team and trying to get a player who will enhance another player There, there is it's not firefighting but there are as I said some big gaping holes that need filling so I don't know it it's very difficult to judge and the other thing is that I think you have to understand that Town are in a position where they need players who can do the job right now. Yeah. So it's all well and good recruiting for the next two or three years, you know, and giving Ben Jackson a new contract and all that. He's got to keep one eye on that. But this window has to be about players that can do a job right now. Yeah. Right now. And the other thing I would add to that is it's great to get an understanding of, of the style that he had at Lincoln in the past. But one thing we know about Danny Cowley is that he's a pragmatist first and the championship is a very different kettle of fish to what he's had before in the National League, in League Two and the couple of months that he had in League One and obviously the pre-season he had preparing for League One this season. And he's going to do the things and make decisions that are best for Huddersfield Town to succeed in the championship, which isn't necessarily going to be the same things that would get you success in League no. Two with Lincoln. I mean, we've already seen one of the earliest reports we got of Danny Cowley when he first came to the club from Lincoln was they did play a very limited style and very sort of 
practical yeah. long ball star when they're in the National League and their first season in League Two. But last season, when they got the promotion, that came because they realised, you know what, we need to be a little bit more sophisticated than this if we're going to go up out of this I, division. I think- I think you saw a little bit of that in the Lincoln team that came came to us early in the season yeah, as well, yeah, or didn't you? You saw exactly you saw a team say, yeah. where, like I said, what the, the from the interview we've just listened to, it was it was a big guy up front. It yeah. was Johnny Kindy up front. You've then got two direct wingers. He yeah. had Payne playing as a ten, yep. and it's hard for him at the moment at town because we haven't got the players for him to play the style he wants to play yeah. at the moment. Yeah. He wants to play four two three one. We've just not got the squad for that. Well, he's, he's, he's had he's, Alex Pritchard available that's what for I mean. three he's, games. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not had the players available to do it, and I think you saw that mould in that Lincoln team. They weren't pretty. They were just effective. Yeah. And I think that's that's where Danny Cowley's got his teams. He uh, wins games. He doesn't lose games. He, he's, he's, yeah. It's more about building. Not It might not be pretty football, but it's effective football. And I think I think that's well. That's obviously where he got, how we got Lincoln up there. And I think that's I probably think what we're going to expect. As somebody who's I've watched a bit of National League and League Two, and those two levels in particular, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying not to be insulting here, but you need to understand that energy and running gets you a long way in those leagues because not every team can train in the same conditions and under the same coach as everyone else so professionalism isn't it yeah Yeah. so so effort and energy even though they are professional leagues gets you a long way and the one thing Danny Cowley is good at longer term is getting a group to buy into his vision and run through walls for him now he's not there at town yet that's not his fault that's literally nothing to do with him he will get there but you need uh, you need a summer really to get a squad properly bonded behind your vision and understand which way they're going. That's not the situation for this window. And as I said, Town are having to they're having to loan players, but they're having to loan players who are as close to the sort of finished article as they can possibly find. And that ain't easy. No. That ain't easy. No, I think one interesting point I picked up from what. Um what Gary said there, Stephen, was that uh, Danny Cowley usually uses January as an impact window to bring impact players in. So I think what David's saying is is very right in that uh, maybe we'll view this window very differently to June as well. So we'll we'll talk about that window as well in a little bit. So maybe we're going to look at lone impact players, you know, your younger Premier League players who'll come in and do, you know, make a bit of a splash, you know, get us out of get us out of a tricky situation if you like I, I that bit stuck with me a little bit and he mentioned other bits like you know your Harry Toffolos etc who who we might look at at Lincoln may go in the summer because he doesn't usually go in for that sort of thing and obviously he's dealing with a completely different budget I know Lincoln had a very good chairman there that was one mm. of the things that the Cowley brothers you know were very adamant about the, the chairman at Lincoln was very good but I can't imagine he would uh, be at the similar level of finance that he is at the moment and there's obviously a changing of the ways in which uh, financially, he's able to do certain things as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he's talked about the fact that that town have a healthy championship budget, but not a top ten budget. I, I think, as you say, that the the main thing as as regards to this window is that you're not going to get a solid idea of what Danny Cowley wants his team to look like in two years' time. This window is literally just about what are the gaps in my squad and how do we fill them. He's talked about the big question that they've had that they've asked to inform everything that they've done is what are the things that could get us relegated this season and how do we make sure that doesn't happen how do we counter that and that's what's going to happen I mean he's quite rightly identified they need a left back they need a number 10 and they need a winger those are the priorities because 
loads of positions where they've got one player for each of those, particularly on the right wing. You know, they've got Jaden Brown, who had never played senior football before this season at left back. They've got Alex Pritchard as their only proper number 10. He's played three games under the Cowleys. And th- this, this injury is, it's not going anywhere either. Every time we ask for an update yeah. about this cyst at the back of the knee. He's, he's getting close, he's getting close. He's getting close. Yeah. It, it's, and the thing about Pritchard, the interesting thing about, the one thing we can say about the way he definitely wants to play is he's a manager who likes playing with a number 10. Yeah. yeah. You know, even even when he was sort of getting through the National League and League 2 you still need that creative hub to make everything else work and when he was early in his Huddersfield town reign one of the things me and Steve would sort of tick off the bingo card is he said one of the reasons he was so excited to take the job is because he wanted to work with players of the quality of Alex Pritchard that's talked, literally talked up a lot said. didn't he yeah. he's he said so many times that he's yeah, desperate yeah. to have him so available. the fact he's not had him um, and it's it's an issue position now. Yeah, you you've got to get someone to plug that hole, and it's it's not the easiest position no. to fill either. You know, no. it really isn't. I mean, and ideally, it's like what you said there, when, uh, Matt, when he's when he's turned around and said he wants players to come in and make an impact. If you look back a couple of years ago, the sort of players we need, like that Izzy Brown sort of signing. Yeah. When he came in, you know, what I mean, played played that sort of role, played wide, made an impact straight away. That's what we need to get this window. Might not what we want in all all the way through, but that's what we need to make an impact this window. That sort you, of sign. Your number ten is a difference maker. Yeah. You know that it's it's your difference maker, and to I I would argue Town just there is nobody there who can do that role at, no. as it stands. No. There are lots of players who can fill in for a game here yeah. and there or cover for a half, but they've got to get somebody who does that permanently. And the thing is about the way they're going to play and go forward, so much revolves around that position and the type of number 10 you get. Do you get a small, tricky one who likes playing the little through balls, which means you need a certain striker? Do you get the one who comes deep and he likes really trying to pull defenders out to leave space? Do you get the one who runs beyond the striker half the time? I think what's what's telling on that, David, is that... uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, I gave an interview where he said, I, I like to play 4-2-3-1. But He's I been need, saying that since he took the job. But I need the flexibility to play 4-3-3, which then indicates the number 10 either rotates in and out or the number 10 has the ability to then play a little bit deeper as well. Yeah, I mean, I think he's... I think he's kind of lost faith with the 4-3-3. The only time he's played it since Preston uh, was against Middlesbrough, and that was specifically to try and counter the fact that they played 3-5-2... I think ideally he would like to leave 4-3-3 behind because we've seen in recent games that the backup formation has been the 4-4-2. Plan B is get Mounier on and and play the diagonals into him. I think the number 10, though, is just to go back to that, is the most important position that they need to get right. It's the key one, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it's it's the key one one that they most desperately need. I think when you look at all the systems they've played, so I've I've also got... um, an article from Total Football Analysis as well. Contrary to popular belief, I do do research before doing these podcasts. <laughs> you said do do. I do do. I do 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 do. And um, I went all scouse there. So that's just to make you feel at home being a, uh, a Liverpool fan. Uh, and all yeah, that. thanks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so one one thing that stuck out is that they put percentages of uh, what system that the Cowleys like to play and the majority was either four four one one or... Four two three one. So it it does. <laughs> yeah. as, surprise, surprise. As obviously, oh. they're they're very very similar. In, well, I know why. Shape. I know exactly why Dave's laughing though, which is why it, I started laughing as well. As as an analyst, one of the things I have to do is before the game, I have to work out roughly what formation I think the team's going to be in, 
And then during the game, I have to track that formation and I have to report when it changes. And however you want to say it, that's not how the Cowleys play it. Whether you, Whatever formation you think it is, that's not the formation on the day. They, that's an Arctic the, Monkeys album, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the one thing about Danny Cowley that I've, I've been really impressed with, and I've talked about on our podcast, is that formation-wise, he's he's usually very reactive. So, And I mean literally 10 minutes into a game, if a 4-2-3-1 isn't working, he will go to a 4-4-2. He will go... I, I mean, he was 4-5-1 at the end of the game the other week. He will go to a 4-1-4-1. So I think at the moment, it's also difficult to say because he hasn't got the players he wants for a chosen formation. He's also having to adapt literally on a minute-by-minute minute yeah. basis sometimes. He's had players and out of position yeah. so much. Yeah, and the players they bring in are going to have to, town to an extent, are going to have to shape themselves around those players to get the best. So it's, it's, it's a really, this is what I mean about, it, it's, it's a difficult window. <laughs> it's a very difficult window. Yeah, I think it's just one, it's a tough one. It's like you say, where they've been quite fluid with his formations. I think we saw against, I think it was Forest, where I think we started 4 2 3 one won't work in 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the game, 4 4 2 totally changed it up and I think that, that has been quite impressive of him it's just it's just finding the players this window like I said to get us out of trouble I yeah. think the summer the summer window is the big one this one is getting the players in that he can trust to get us out of trouble this season and that's and that, it, that's what it is that adaptability is is a it's a tough thing to find yeah. because the other thing about formations which uh, you know is a bane of my life as Steve will tell you is that Town are invariably one formation with the ball and they immediately go to a different formation yeah. when they haven't yeah, they're got very the ball. Fluid, yeah. So that takes a level of intelligence from players. And I think one of the reasons that, uh, you know, we, we don't know things for fact or anything like that, but one of the players, a, lot, a reason a lot of those players are on the transfer list is that they simply weren't doing that. They, yeah. they couldn't adapt and change their role. They were struggling with the transitions. Yeah. yeah, when things went from attack to defence, they would they were staying in attack mode when they should have been in yeah. defence mode yeah. and running back down the left wing to pick up Jack Hunt. So they, they, they've talked about Premier League loans and there's a reason and that's because they need players with a level of intelligence and adaptability and a base level of skill. But again, it's not easy. There are cues for these players, you know? Mm. So... The, the Cowleys will obviously have a um, an underlying ideology, if you like, Stephen. Yeah. So uh, there will be a basis of a system. One interesting thing, I think the most interesting take-home point from this article that I read was uh, at the very top, it says, Danny Cowley doesn't claim to subscribe to any particular tactical philosophy, which backs up what you guys have said, uh, preferring to adjust his tactics to the opposition and players available. This flexibility can be seen in their build-up play, which can consist of patiently playing out, uh, are often launching long balls towards the centre-back. In fact, Lincoln played it long 19.31% of the time, uh, which was the highest percentage out of any of the top sides in League yeah. 2. So, uh, again, like I said in, in your podcast earlier, I hate to use cliches, but, you know, more than one ways to skin a cat. Our podcast, Utabia, available on all good Utabia podcasts. Utabia, available here double and there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, it kind of ties into what I said earlier, which is that, I'm loath to draw too many conclusions about how he's going to play in the championship with Huddersfield Town from how he set up his Lincoln City team in the National League and League Two because they're very different leagues. I do take the point, though, that, as I say, he's a pragmatist. I, he's always said he wants to play 4-2-3-1 with Town, but I think that's because he's identified that that is a formation that traditionally does well in the championship. I don't think that's because he has this big ideal. You know, 
Jan Sievert was absolutely married to 4-3-3 and it was to his detriment in the end. Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley are a lot more adaptable in their thinking. Um, I thought it was interesting. I had a sit-down interview with him a few months ago and I asked him which managers had been a big influence on him, which managers or coaches had been a big influence on him and he said to Clive Woodward, not any football that's more manager. motivational isn't it then yeah, yeah. i think so he's he, but that's, Dan, Danny that's in his big thing yeah danny's really big, big on the sports psychology yeah. um but i thought that was interesting that he's not for example an acolyte of johan cruyff like uh, pep guardiola is or he's not an acolyte of marcelo bielsa or I, I know that that name is uh, not to be spoken on this podcast you know he's 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 not a Klopp acolyte like Wagner. Yeah. He's his own man and... Some would say that Klopp was a Wagner acolyte. <laughs> yeah. Well, they developed, to be fair, they did. I think Klopp himself would say they developed the ideas together, but that's a different conversation. Um, <laughs> but he is, as I say, he's a pragmatist. He looks at the opposition that's in front of him and he yeah. tries... I think he, abso- he and Nicky absolutely relish the challenge of looking at what's in front of them and going, how do we get one over on them? I think yeah. they would rather... They would almost rather get one over on the opposition by a goal, single goal than come up with a system that's going to make them win by three goals every week. Yeah. If you ask him that, he will deny that. But yeah. that's kind so, of what, so what I, you're I, trying to say there is that rather than be married to the beautiful game, they are they love the shit house in. Is pretty much what you are. They they can <laughs> they can do that. One of the one of the things we spotted instantly the Blackburn away game, we. Is, is the gamesmanship was there for town and there were, again going back to transfer listed players there are one or two players on that list who aren't intelligent enough football wise to do it in a productive way but I think I think the long ball stuff is a slight misnomer because there's a difference between a team who are literally just pumping it long to yeah. two big strikers who they want to beat up a couple of central defenders and a team like Leicester who played long to break the press of other teams and mm. won a Premier League title. Well, the first thing that came to my head when I listened to it was that I bet Danny Cowley's never had two ball-playing centre-backs like Christopher Schindler and, and yeah. John, John yeah. Goring Stankovic, Josh. Well, we, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, it's like you say, it's... it's He's just got to. I don't think there's anything wrong with what he's doing. Like we said, there's no need to be stuck to four two three one. I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at an opposition and saying the best way we can do it is go this way. And in fact, I think it's it's a really good thing to have in the championship because you need to be able to mix it up. Hopefully, like I say, when we can get his squad together, mm. we can see Martin might prefer to play four two three one going forward. And like I say, with his two ball playing centre backs, if you've got your Schindler and your Stankovic there, we can maybe see a bit more of that coming out. We can see that ball coming out, the ball moving out from the back. And I think we've tried in games. I think we have tried. I think obviously other games we have gone more direct, especially when Mooney has been on the pitch. Just like you say, maybe I think it was the Forest game again when he said we need to try and break their press. So we started yeah. to go along a bit more to Munia just to, just to miss that out, and it works. And I think it's, it's, a, good, it's a good skill to have, isn't it? Do you, uh, I'm going to throw Steve Mooney in at, at you, Stephen. Uh, essentially, oh, we, I'm I don't looking, think I could catch him, to be honest. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big, strong big guy. guy. Yeah, big, yeah. strong Lovely guy. Lovely guy as well, very nice man. He's one of my favourites, yeah. yeah. Soft spot. Sweetheart. But yeah, exactly. Uh, does it surprise you maybe that how reticent, again, I'm going, <laughs> following on from your uh, journalistic uh, podcast early I'm throwing big Who words to be in a, again. Yeah, exactly. To be a, yeah. Um does it maybe surprise you that uh, considering they were big fans of John Akinde I know it's lower league and we've covered that but does it, does it maybe surprise you a little bit that they were a little bit apprehensive about throwing Steve Mounier in by himself or or is it a case of 
for, for what I read was that Steve Mounier doesn't work the channels well enough to be considered that striker maybe and Fraser well, Campbell is is a bit better and more adept at that I think I mean we touched on this on Utabia available on all good podcast providers now um, but I think Fraser Campbell is a hugely important player for the link up that he provides he works so hard to press from the front but also bring other players into play on the front foot but to specifically address Mounier we've always from day one we kind of asked about is there a place for Steve Mounier in this side and Danny's answer has always been yes but as a plan B and we're working to try and get plan A right so we can't really think about working on plan B at the moment which when you look at you know again one point from eight games when they took over I think that's a perfectly sensible way of doing things he's been forced to go to plan B because of the lack of personnel over the Christmas period and Steve Mounier to be fair to him has taken that chance. Hey. <laughs> Available on all good podcasts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he scored three goals in his last three away games at, at time of recording. And, uh, you know, you can't really say fairer than that. But I'm not sure that he is, despite what your uh, correspondent from Lincoln said, I'm not sure that he necessarily wants to play a John Akinde. Emil Heskey, Steve Mounier type player up front in the longer term in the championship because as he's explained you have to play a very different way when you've got a player like that on the pitch you have to have the fullbacks coming inside and playing diagonal balls across to him quite narrow a bit aren't you? Yeah exactly you have to have the pl- uh, players around him ready to receive yeah. knockdowns whereas the 4-2-3-1 is much more expansive and, and I think that's why he prefers Campbell generally speaking mm. Uh, okay, so that's quite interesting. So what we'll do is, so I think we all agree, just wrapping up the sort of tactical level that uh, going forward, uh, I, I go back to what you wrote in the Examiner, Stephen, about the you know with the Spider-Man meme, you know, with uh, <laughs> with Preston North End, and that yeah. maybe that sort of style is maybe something we'll gravitate towards uh, as it goes on, but with an element of flexibility, I think, in there as well. So I think flexibility is something that came up on uh, on the. Uh, the Total Football Analysis uh, website that I looked at. And it seems to be the key throughout is that, and, and what you've mentioned that, I think we all agree that going forward, we're going to be sort of a flexible team. We're not so much married to a philosophy uh, like maybe David Wagner was, Jan Ziva, and those lot down the road who are doing very well at the moment. <laughs> we've, we've seen that mar- being married to a philosophy and doing it well has great results. If you yeah, can do it, it well. it can work really well, yeah. Uh, do you think the... I could say flexible. You know, the Preston are flexible and they're doing really well this season. West Brom, you would even maybe even the Slaven Village. They've got they've got their ideologies there, but you would probably say that they're quite flexible in the way they play mm. as well. They've they've drifted from four two three one four four two and 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 all over the place. And Middlesbrough, you've mentioned, have, have mm. gone three five two. So flexibility does seem to get you if you do it well in the Championship. It does seem to get you a long way. Uh, so I think that's maybe what we're all 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 aiming towards is that the, I, the approach is going to be a flexible one rather than one married to a philosophy maybe yeah I would agree but all of those sides have got the difference makers that's the thing you know they've they've all got at least in the yeah, stuff like that. at least one or two players who can do nothing for 89 minutes and win you a game um, and that is the big thing that town are missing the other thing is that this is just a league where there's more than one way to skin a cat like if you go back yeah. and look at the teams yeah. that the three teams that have gone up basically for all the last ten years, it's been a team with a philosophy. So a Swansea or a Bournemouth or a you know a Huddersfield town, yeah, a Huddersfield, <laughs> or a, and a team that plays long ball and hoofs it. So Cardiff or uh, you know maybe looking longer term, Stephen. Do you think the teams? I, this is something I 
believe slightly. So a team like Huddersfield, a club like Huddersfield, uh, I would put alongside a club like Cardiff, a club like Burnley, mm. a club like Preston. I think they're all kind of similar in many ways. But would you say that this philosophy of being flexible, maybe direct where necessary, is better and more suited to a club like Huddersfield if they get to the Premier League than one whereby you dominate 70% of possession and all of a sudden you go up, you can't afford to have the players that will dominate possession in the Premier League and then you come unstuck a little bit. I think the adaptability has been forced upon them rather than by design. I mean, as I've, we talked about them being pragmatists, but I think the way that Cali's spoken and we have to, he's early enough in his reign that we have to give him the benefit of the doubt and believe what he says. He does want to move towards that 4-2-3-1. He does seem to have an idea in his head of how he wants to play, but as you, as you mentioned, he's just not been been able to implement that and I think it's it's good to move towards a preferred style of play you have to remember as well that Town are a team that completely lost any sense of philosophy in the last season yeah. in the Premier League that like that vacuum was there and I think they're almost trying things out just to see what works and what sticks for yeah the time I mean being. I think we will see that far to that far two three one come in I think that's probably more like say it's probably going to be a summer thing it's going to have to evolve um, like I say, I think like what Stephen said there at the moment is just having to go with what he's got and just put a team out to a formation that can try and win games. I think he's said it enough times, hasn't he, yeah. Danny Cowley, in press conference, whatever. He's, he's hammered it home, 4 2 3 1, 4 2 3 1. I, say, I think we'll, we will sort of see that come into fruition. Like I say, maybe more just sort of in the summer when he can get them sort of players into play them roles. And your 4 2 3 1 is not just the same from game to game either. You know, you push your fullback sire in one game. You play a much deeper line in the other. You set your press at a different line. So I think he will play that four-two-three-one. But I think don't get sucked into the fact that this is how we play, like Jan did earlier in the season. Yeah. Yeah. And it, regardless of the opposition, they are reactive and clever, and they will. You know, it may be the same formation on paper, but take it from the bloke analysing it. It it ain't the same. <laughs> you know, literally from minute to minute. Sometimes I think that's a good point to end the the tactical side of things. So. I think what's quite interesting is we'll see what Danny Cowley has said himself about the window. So what I'll do is I'll play a little snippet from Radio Leeds post uh, Southampton uh, where he's, uh, he's come out and said what he, he's hoping to do. Let me just go back to the, the situation with Colin Grant, if I may, Danny, and it's important that we don't overinterpret what you're saying, but you're clearly planning to hold on to Colin and be working with him for the foreseeable future, which is going to be music to the ears of a lot of fans at home worried about him maybe going surprisingly, horrifyingly, in the January transfer window? For us, we want to improve the squad. That's what we're trying to do. We're working every single minute of every single day to try to bring in reinforcements to improve the squad that we already have. The last thing we want to be doing is, is trying to take away from it. So, so now we're working very hard. I know that the supporters are desperate for us to announce signings and like, like me, we would like them in on the 1st of January. But what's important is that, that we get the right players and the right people and, and sometimes this takes time and that, and that is just unfortunate um, but rest assured that we're working as hard as we possibly can to get the right players and the right people in the dressing room for what is a, is, is a very important second half of the season If, and I realise I'm pushing here but if you get what you want how big a chance is there of something happening quite soon? Yeah, we're, we're very hopeful that it is um, we're very close to, to one or two. Um, but you're but waiting for decisions, clearly. We're, we've, we've done all the, all the necessary work behind the scenes to get the, 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 the deals in the, in the place that, that, that we wanted. Um, 
but all about the players that we want our sought after. And that is just 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 what it is. We have to we have to understand and respect that. We've done our very best to sell Huddersfield Town. Um, and tried to get people to see what we see, what the supporters see, um, and what we see about the football club and, and, and its future. Um, yes, it has had a difficult period, but we are we're working really hard to to look forward and and, and create create brighter days. Right. Okay. So Stephen, you were there when. Oggy interviews, you, you lurk in the background, don't you? Like some kind of menace or I, pest. I had a bit of trouble at Southampton. The, the, I, the hangover like actually, or? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but thank you for dropping me in it. No, um, no he, uh, the, the, I hadn't requested the proper permission, or rather I had requested the proper permissions for the pass, uh, and they hadn't given me them. And I'd like to express a bit of appreciation to the town media team who literally went running around the stadium try to get me a pass with the appropriate permissions on it so that I could join Oggy backstage for that interview. That was, that was really good of them. They didn't have to do that. So. Is that Dave, is it? Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, everyone except Dave, actually. <laughs> so I was, I was trying to give Dave the glory there. Wasn't <laughs> it? To be fair, Dave has to be there alongside Danny for those, for those interviews, but no. Um, it does, so bring it back on point. So what? <laughs> I'll bring you back around. I can see you fishing. Uh, so what Danny Cowley said, he said, is there's, there's yeah. a lack of left footers. There's a, yeah, he, I mean, he's hoping to do business at nine and ten. Uh, the need for experience, but also the need for energy and enthusiasm, which indicates maybe youth as well uh, in there. So, uh, so what we can see from what he said. So he leaves is from what you've from what we've both learned really is that he leaves little breadcrumbs in each individual interview yeah. that he does. Uh, very much a. Cowley brothers becoming Hansel and Gretel almost as they uh, as they do this, but they leave little things. So they they say in one that they want to go a certain way, and then they embellish a little bit on it interview by interview, and then mm. if you piece it together, you can kind of sort of see a big picture if you like. Uh, so what we've deduced is that he's looking at a nine ten left back and left centre back, um, also also winger as well. So there's sort of like four or five positions here. Uh, some of the other things that he's said as well over the few weeks, uh, which are important to bear in mind as well when you're looking at transfers is that he said he likes to work with a squad of 22 players we've currently got 28 uh, so yeah but he would say that there's only sort of he's also said 13, or, 13 14, or 14 senior players which indicates from a budget perspective that some players will need to be moved out quite yeah quickly. and we know which players those are yep uh, we've also heard that the wage bill is over budget which hints that some of the higher earners so as we start to look at this so some of the high earners some of the high earners might be in the team at the minute so we, we don't Quite don't possibly. Know. Uh, I, I suspect some of, some of the players that are on the transfer list are also relatively high earners, though, as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's also said recently after the Stoke game, we've got the 13-14 players, which we've just said, uh, and which sort of indicates that we're pretty short of his 22-man target, yeah. if you like. So whichever way you dice it, we're short of 22. We're not going to go out in January and get 89 players. That eight, no. eight or nine. Let me just clarify that. I didn't say 89. So eight or nine players to... To bring in, it's just not going to happen in January. So no, I mean, there's a there's a couple of players that could come back into that that could supplement that 13 or 14. I took him injury some list. injuries, yeah, yeah. But I don't, but I think that's literally I think two players. Yeah, so let's let's have a, a look at what potentially he might decide to do. We'll do it position by position, I think. And and what we'll try and do is we'll try and look and and part of the fun of being a, a journalist, a, a fan, a, a stats man. Um, someone who runs a podcast because he has the equipment. <laughs> so essentially, the part, the part of the fun is speculating and kind of trying to yeah. guess what's going to happen and, and throwing in the guesswork of what, 
what may happen. So I, I understand that the podcast is niche into to a certain amount. So if if you're not too interested in guesswork or systems formations and and all that lack, then this probably might not be for you. But you know, thanks for listening to this I point think. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we'll start with goalkeepers. So goalkeepers is a really strange one for us. So taking what Gary said in and what we've seen, we've seen that Kamil Grabara, like, you know, he likes him to play out a little bit from the back. There's the need for a goalkeeper who can use his feet to a point, not so much a, a Claudio Bravo kind of sweet, you know, that not, not really that way. He's going to join Super into the midfield fun. almost. Yeah. Uh, but there is a need for the goalkeeper. And, and I think that's just a more of a moving with the modern game really than, than yeah. just a Cowley thing. Uh, so we've currently got four goalkeepers registered to Huddersfield Town. One name may shock you because people have tried to erase this from their minds, but Ben Hamer is still a Huddersfield Town player. Oh, yeah, Contracted, that guy. contracted until 2021, and he's on loan at Derby County at the moment. Um, I felt sorry for Ben Hamer last year, I will be honest. We did a, uh, a little video on him, Hamer Thrones, which... Um, yeah, he got, he got, I mean, to be fair, he I got think it's pel- it was the video was after he got pelters after Tottenham and he, he got the, it's fair to say home. he underperformed, but yeah, he didn't deserve the flight that he got stepping in no. for a few <laughs> games towards the end of the season I that think he never expected to play. There's always something with goalkeepers though, when they've not played for a few years, they do look rusty. Do you know when they're yeah, all of a sudden thrusting and Ben Hamer's sat there happy at Leicester's second, third choice, play the odd Champions League game against someone from a second tier nation. <laughs> Happy days. But, you know, as soon as he's thrust in against Man City, where you are busy for 90 minutes if you play for Huddersfield Town, it's not going to be easy to pick up that level of performance. Maybe he was at Charlton, where he was quite highly regarded at Charlton. Uh, So we've got Ben Hamer. We've got Ryan Schofield, as we've uh, announced on Utu Beateria, available at all good podcast providers. I'm getting trained now, Stephen. Uh, he has gone on loan to Livingston uh, as we speak. Livingston, a good move, I think, Stephen, we've said. Uh, yeah, top, top off the SPL. He needs to get minutes. It's about as high a level as he's going to get at this stage. Uh, he's gone there because the, the keeper they had was uh, on loan from Aston Villa and he's now gone back to Villa because Tom Heaton's had quite a serious injury. Just throwing this in, David, as, as an analyst, I don't know if you'd analyse the SPL, but I think the SPL is uh, almost an untapped source if you like well some people do go there I've seen Man City have signed a 17 year old Kilmarnock player yeah. recently but I think the SPL is kind of an underrated league in many things I think you get some terrible players in there don't get me wrong but I also think that you do get gems and little genuinely good players here and there uh, have you noticed in the SPL that the level is actually better than it's get than it gets given credit for it's it's a funny league because it's so directly dominated by you know who and there's no secret or mystique behind anyone who plays for Celtic or Rangers, but you're right, there are one or two scattered about. It's become quite a good proving ground in a way that the thing about the championship is that it can be a bit of a bear pit for players. It's It's the, more than anything else, it's the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, they're just the constant games coming at you thick and fast. And the Scottish League has become a place where it's a slightly more gentle workload-wise. Um, but also, you know, across all leagues and across all football, the, the game has evolved. So it's not 11 men throwing themselves at each other anymore, as we know. And Scotland has taken a little while to get there, but they, they're doing a lot of work at lower levels because obviously the the national team to be frank is in a shocking state um it's going beyond funny hasn't it yeah, yeah they 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 are really 
there are lots of good people up there who are basically really breaking it back down to basics and yeah there are there are one or two but for a goalkeeper it's a good goalkeepers need first team football you're exactly right when they don't play they get rusty they you get what you had with Ben Hamer who's not a bad keeper by any stretch but he came in he made an error and he couldn't really recover his confidence from that error for well let's be honest for the rest of the season I think Schofield is a really good keeper the the benefit he will get out of Scotland is just playing you know, there's there's no difference between him going to a League One or a League Two club as going to a Scottish club. Yeah, no. He just needs to play, you know, he needs to, he needs to iron things out, doesn't yeah. it? It's a clever move, it's a clever move, isn't it? It's yeah. a good move. Get him into a team that's doing well in doing not bad for Livingston stands in the yeah. SPL. He's playing he's playing at a exactly decent it. level of football. Um, so it's, it's a good move all around for him for the club yeah. um, he'll, get, he'll get the pressure as well because there is pressure when you go to yeah. Ibrox you go to Celtic oh, yeah, Park there's pressure in front of yeah. and this is it it's, it's the it's not so much the direct situation he's in but it's the context of the role he's got for the rest of the season what Schofield needs he's a really good shot stopper his distribution is decent could work yeah. could get better but what Schofield needs is the confidence that only comes through playing to go out and split your two centre backs and punch a ball to give your full back a bollocking to tell players yeah. to push out because you want the box that's what he needs and you only get that as a young keeper And if you're not supremely confident like I don't know Camille Gravara <laughs> is to the point of being a little bit overconfident in my view you only get that through playing and whether he's in Scotland or League One the move will be a massive benefit to him so Stephen you've just rejoined us after running off to the toilet there I thought I'd dig you out nicely <laughs> on. Yeah, thank you for drawing what attention to it lovely <laughs> I know I know but uh, essentially we talk about Ryan Schofield there and I think Ryan Schofield's got a lot of potential. Yeah, um, he does. Uh, what a lot of Huddersfield fans will say is, and, and you get this at not you get this at every club, not just Huddersfield, you get this at every club, whereby they'll say, Ryan Schofield's 20 years old, Camille Grabara's 20 years old, why are we not developing our own players? And there's been a little bit of anti-Grabara sentiment, I think, in some quarters. He's, he's made three mistakes. It, on the whole, he's made about three mistakes, hasn't he, since, yeah. he, since he's coming. I think he's doing fairly well. Uh, do you think there's anything to that maybe or do you just think Schofield's not at the level Camille Grabara is therefore Camille Grabara makes sense and and what would you say about this position going forward because you released uh, the Examiner article about players we were linked with and we've been linked with Craig uh, McGillivray uh, who's a former Harrogate Town goalkeeper now at Portsmouth Uh, in the long term so we're we're looking at January and maybe summer uh, I think there's probably going to be some movement in and out in this area mm. not in January apart from Ryan Schofield but later on down the line Camille Gabarra is going to go back Huddersfield seems to be one of those clubs that like to take a lone goalkeeper they don't uh, it's happened ever since they sold Alex Smithies they brought in Jed Steer then Danny Ward uh, Jonas Lussell even came in on loan originally yeah. didn't he uh, with a with a buy clause in there uh, and um, and again we've gone back to the loan so I, I suspect in the summer we might go down that route if obviously if we don't go on a massive run and get in the playoffs and, and get promoted uh, which we can all touch wood for <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I think that's gone now <laughs> I, I think it largely depends on how Ryan gets on uh, in Livingston they think an awful lot of Ryan Schofield and the fact that they threw him into the team to deputise for Grabara when it would have been easy to have thrown in slightly more experienced Joel Coleman I think speaks volumes they have just to clear up they have always preferred Schofield to Coleman as the deputy 
the reason Schofield's not been on the bench recently is because they've had him on a special physical training regime to make him up to bulk him up basically and it's quite an exhausting regime and he could do without being on the bench at a weekend um, on top of this this physical regimes and they feel like if a, if Camille were to get injured then Joel would be a perfectly acceptable replacement I do see the argument to be fair that maybe they could have looked at Ryan Schofield but you have to remember that this is a goalkeeper who went on loan to Notts County second half of last season and he was from what I understand good on the whole but he did make the kind of silly errors that that we've seen Camille make recently and I think you're kidding yourselves if you don't think that Ryan Schofield would have made a similar number of errors to the number that that Camille has I think we talked a bit Dave on our podcast recently about the fact that expectations are probably a little bit higher on Trevor Chalaber than they are on Town's own players at that age and I think the same is true of Grabara I think because he's on loan from Liverpool people expect him to be of a standard of a 28 year old goalkeeper even though he's 20 Danny Ward got pelt let's not forget Danny Ward got pelters from the same sort of areas as well yeah, it's it, going to yeah. happen yeah. every goalkeeper let's be honest and Danny Ward was tw- 22, 23 3 yeah, years yeah, old the, these goalkeepers yeah, are playing in the championship yeah. because they're not good enough to play in the Premier League yeah. and even Premier League goalkeepers make mistakes. Yeah, you're a, you're, you're, he's a young lad and he's 20-year-old, same with Grabara, they're going to make mistakes. No matter who you put in there, a 20-year-old yeah. goalkeeper is going to make mistakes. He's here it's, to make mistakes. Yeah, exactly what Danny Cowley said it a few times, hasn't he? Yeah. He's, if he was, he's coming to this field to make mistakes to see if he can go on and then end up playing for Liverpool. Yeah. I think like we say, like saying with Ryan Schofield, it's a good move for him so we can have a look at him. Let's not forget like the two games he's played for town this season. He's played really well. He's got a clean sheet against Borough, wasn't it? And then I think this other game he, was against Lincoln. He was lucky to get that clean sheet against Borough, though. He was, but he got it. He deserved, he deserved, <laughs> no, no. He deserved it. I'm, not, I'm not trying to do him down, but I feel there's one cross in particular from a corner. Yeah, he flapped yeah. it, didn't where he? he? Yeah. Where he, he made a complete fluff of it. And I again, he goes back to what I was saying. I think if Camille had done that... They'd be hell on. Yeah, yeah. they would be hell to yeah. pay. But people let it go because... And I understand it because he's one of our own. He's from Huddersfield. He's an academy product. It also didn't go in the net as well, which I think <laughs> yeah, yeah he was yeah he was called up. But you he, know, did last a, he did have a, a really really good game against Lincoln at home. Yes, he did. He did. Uh, and fair. I think he got yeah, man he of the match. Didn't he really, that game? Yeah. Even though we oh, lost, he was, he was, he was brilliant that, that game. Yeah, well, any yeah. credit. But well, uh, to project forward to the summer, one of the things I said recently on our podcast, I do feel like if. If Town want to have a push next season, I do feel like the time has come to go out and get a 30-year-old goalkeeper yeah. with Alex, a level of experience. Would Alex Smithies ring a bell for a lot of people? Yeah. I, I'd take him back. You know, the, someone like that. Yeah. Someone like that who is going to come in maybe on a two-year contract and who, to be frank, in the second year of that contract is going to be happy to basically bring Schofield through. You yeah. know, uh, and work with them. as goalkeepers get, they're sort of like thirty-five, mid-thirties plus, aren't they? When they get to that sort of level, I think yeah. Smithies is probably a bit young for that. I think if we're talking yeah, specifics, aren't we? If if not Smithies, I think a Smithies archetype at this point over the summer. I think the time has come. Lone goalkeepers are great. You can get if if one doesn't work, you can go and get another. Ten a penny, <laughs> you know, yeah. only twenty can play in the Premier League at any weekend. Yeah. So there's another eighty sat in squads and what have you, but. 
it just feels like it's a position for town to help the defence out as well. Yeah. It's time to get a little bit of experience. I think that's what you mean. If, if you're wanting to build a squad, you need to have a goalkeeper. You can't keep changing it every year. They need to get, you know, your defence. You need to get that together. So I think, I think like you say, I think getting getting one in the summer mm. is probably the right way to go and spend a bit of money about if yeah. we have to or get, get that key position in. Stephen, what would you do with Joel Coleman? Joel Coleman's out of contract this summer. He's, he's 24. Yeah. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's still young for a goalkeeper, but he's been usurped, if you like, by two 20-year-olds. Yeah. Um, if he, I was him, I wouldn't renew my contract. He, he's, uh, yeah, he, he's, this, this is what it comes down to, I think. He's sat there. He's played against Southampton, and I think even in the interview afterwards, he said, I'm not expecting to play next season. But he, I think in the back of his head, he might be thinking, at least I've got a chance. But he's then third choice in the championship. Yeah. Do you think that it's maybe time to... Let that project go a little yeah, bit. Or do, I think so. He's, without he's being unkind he's, to Joel, he's, he's played more games at Southampton for town in the last two years than he has at the John Smiths. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's 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 a good keeper, but I think he's a his limit is top half League One, bottom half Championship. Uh, there's he, nothing wrong with that. No, yeah. there's no, nothing no. wrong with that. And and he's come in. He's. He's done his job. He's been exceedingly professional from everything I've, I've heard. He did a perfectly good job in his two games that I've seen him play yeah. against Southampton, both against Southampton. Mm, did and, you know, credit to him. But if he wants to have a serious career playing first-team yeah. football, if I was him, I wouldn't be renewing that contract. I'd yeah. be he's got, he's looking got, to go to a league. He's got to move for his own career, hasn't he? I don't think Huddersfield are going to see him as first choice next year. Whatever happens, unless no. unless we go down to well, league they don't one, see him as for, they don't see him as second choice now. Yeah. So yeah. they're not going to see him as first choice next season. So that leaves Ben Hamer as your experienced backup there <laughs> next year. Again, Ben he, Hamer, it just, it just hasn't worked it's, out. It's no, just, his time with town is done. And let's be honest, you'd still get a reasonable amount of money for him in the summer. I wonder what's reasonable for Ben Hamer. I think it's, well, a, it's an interesting question, isn't it? The way he was playing for town, I'd say anything over sort of 50 grand is reasonable. Yeah, so you're going to say 50 pounds. <laughs> I'm not making I'm not a joke, Carl. Yeah, I'm not that Hamer thrones all over again. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so the goalkeeper position is something that we don't anticipate will. I don't think there's going to be any movement in January. Camille Grabauer is doing no, fine no, as far no, as I'm no, concerned. Not at all. But coming to the summer next year, there could be an upheaval in that department. There could well, be, out of four of them, there could be one left. Which they're just, they're just going to need a goalkeeper. It's just as simple as that. I mean, they might go with Ryan Schofield, but as you say, I think he might need one more, one more year. It, it's tough. But it depends how he does it. I mean, if he goes and does brilliantly at Livingston and comes back, yeah. you know, muscled up and looking good and confident and claiming crosses because we know he's a good shot stopper already yeah. then who knows but Captain Huddersfield he could be like Captain America could well be he's a brilliant character I, I would he's say he's a nice guy if you ever, he? he's, yeah. if you ever get, oh he's so professional I mean the thing that really impressed me was when we spoke to him earlier this season it was just after Notts County had been rescued and he went out of his way to say how pleased he was that yeah. they'd been rescued and he's good delighted guy. for the fans and guy, how grateful he was to everything like he's he's a Really good lad with his head screwed yeah. on his shoulders. Yeah. Really even, even then, I would still argue he would benefit from having a goalkeeper with yeah, 200 yeah, yeah. games yeah. behind yeah. him. I suspect that's the case. To, I, I to think work he, with. He, I think he has to have an absolute worldly throw. It's, it's a lot to throw him in here. 20, 20, yeah. 20, 20, 20, 21-year-old into a full championship season when if he's not... I mean, I know Grabar is in there now, but he's come from what perceives obviously at Liverpool. He's like Polish under-21 captain, isn't he? Yeah, so it's a bit of a step up, isn't it? So... It'd be a bit of a step up to throw him in there next season. Uh, yeah, so let's move on to right back. So 
right back. Uh, we're not going to see any change, are we? This, this January, January with right back. Summer, I, th- I I can't see Danny Simpson staying past the summer, but we're not talking about the summer. No, well, we're talking theoretically, sort of sh- short, medium, long, if you like. Term. Uh, Danny Simpson, thirty-three contract ends this summer. I don't think we've got an option, have we? Have we, have we no, got an option? No, no. option. Uh, I, I can't see him staying. We've actually got four. We've got four options. Um, not on his contract, but four options for right back. So this is probably an area which we'll probably see a bit of a culling as well, if you like. Uh, so we've got Danny Simpson, we've got Flo Hadajanai, we've got D'Amico Dehaney and and the forgotten man, Herbert Bockhorn, who was uh, Jan Sievert's uh, general, who if you like. They're trying to move him out. Yeah, so it, it, it seems to me this as well, going from what uh, the previous, um, from what Gary Hutchinson from uh, uh, the Lincoln City fan from Stacey West blog said, uh, Danny, Danny Cowley seems to like attacking fullbacks. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got Danny Simpson, Flo Hadijanai. Flo Hadijanai is your overlapping, classic overlapping fullback, if you like, on the outside. They seem as a winger. Yeah. Do they? Or do, are yeah, they, no, are, they do. Or, do or are they making, or, are they, or is this kind of like a, sort of a. I think bailed. it's a very polite way of saying he's, he's not, not a fullback. fullback. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got. Dehaney as well. So we've got those four I like options. Dehaney, to be fair, but I've not seen enough of him. So he's 21 and his contract's out this summer as well. Uh, yeah, but I, I think in a 22-man squad, Dehaney would be a very good, cheap option to renew as a backup, potentially. He's a, very, he's a young player. He's got a very good frame. He's very quick. He's got good recovery pace. I think there's a, a, a potentially a longer-term project there that it might be worth putting a little bit of stock in. Okay, so twenty-one. I, as as a twenty-one-year-old, some people might think, um, "All right, uh, let's let's cut that." I think he might have played a little bit more as a twenty-one-year-old, but some players develop at different speeds. He's don't had they? injury problems as well, to be fair. Yeah, his hip. Yeah. I think he's had a bad hip, hasn't he? For for. Well, he didn't. He didn't have any preseason this summer mm. at all. So, Bokon, how did you know? a strange one, um, Josh. Do you think that there's like a couple on our? Uh, on our podcast have said that uh, they think Flo might be playing for a move uh, Danny Cowley sees him as a winger where do you think his future lies he's, he's constantly linked with moves to Turkey etc I think if Which, the option comes for us to get him out and he wants to go we'll, we'll get rid um, because one as we all just said he's not a right back because he, he take, he's not very good at defending um, going forward is he a winger I don't think he's a winger. No, not, he he kind of like fits that perfect wing and back, if, doesn't he? If we can get in another winger, that's yeah. I mean, another right hand winger on the right hand side. They're going to get one, and he's going to be over, already overtaking Flo Adesanya. So I think if the right offer comes in, he's happy to go. I think we'd probably in the summer see the end of him. But I would say probably not in this window. No, because no, as we they, talked about, just giving themselves another headache. Yeah, because yeah, he's, exactly. he's another he player can, of the he squad. He can play on, both sides. He can play. Maybe not terribly well, but he'll give you a six out of ten at right back, left back, right wing, left wing. You know, he's, he's probably realistically not going to give you more than that, but he can do that. And off the bench, that's he gives you useful flexibility. Yeah. I, w- I would argue that Flo Hadjani's best performances for Huddersfield Town actually came in centre midfield at Old Trafford. Uh, he was excellent at Old Trafford uh, in our first season in the Premier League. Uh, Man City did a really good job at Man City's centre midfield. I, I think there's. Like I said, there's a lot of flexibility there. He can play, play across the midfield four and he can play He's both He's a modern-day Luis Enrique. <laughs> but, okay. So, um, so we, we think right-back, that's not going to be an area of, of concern, do we, for, for this sort of not window? immediately, no. no. Um. Uh, Centre-backs, uh, again, another one. We're a little bit light. We've got Schindler, you know, everybody's man-crushing Huddersfield, Christopher Schindler, captain, 
quality player. I, I, I personally don't think there are many better centre-backs in the league than Schindler. He's probably had a bit of a, a browbeating, if you like, for our last 12 months. I think it's hit him pretty hard. Yeah. I think the performances he put in were still OK at the start of the year, but I think mentally he was really upset about the whole situation at Huddersfield. And I think he felt partly responsible for that, such as his character as well. He, for me, is someone that you really want to build a squad around if you can and if he'll stay. His contract is is due up in 2021. Um, I, I think I don't think we need to talk dwell too long on Christopher Schindler. He's going to be in the team for a good long while. Yeah, he's not going to go in January. No. He's the captain. He's going to play every minute that he's fit, as he has done this season, other than the Carabao Cup. Would you build a, a team around? I personally would. I'd build my yeah. defence around Christopher Schindler, yeah. no problem whatsoever. As long, yeah, as, long as he wants to stay at the club, you keep him. Yeah, I, think I don't good. think we need to dwell on it was just such a shame that Elphick got injured when he did because regardless of what you thought of Elphick's performances, what was quite clear is that Schindler really liked playing with him because he There's did a contrast, a, wasn't there? Yeah, he did, he, Elphick mm. did a lot of the things that Schindler doesn't want to do. Not, yeah. and I, I mean, I don't mean doesn't want to do, but he there's other parts of his game. He wants Elphick to win the ball, lay it off to him, and then he can hit the big diagonal, you know, and he, he feels a bit freer, so... But I think Stankovic has, has been really, really good. He's he's still got flaws in his game, but he's come in and this is his best run in a town show, oh, yeah, isn't it? Without it, yeah. a shadow. I don't think he'd ever played four or five games in a row right, before. Yeah, had before, yeah. um, before. And, and you have to remember, he's only again, he's 24, which for a centre back is no great age. He's going to make the odd mistake. He made a made a bit of a howler against Stoke. Let's be honest with that ball over the top. But he'll learn. He's the type of player who seems like he'll learn from. Well, that ball, yeah, he? exactly. And I think. There was a run where I think he got man of the match in three games out of four or something like that. He was he, he's yeah, he's been really point. good and he he's finally after years of frustration and we know that he was frustrated because Danny Cowley told us as much after the Brentford game. He's finally got his run in the team and he looks every inch like a player who could be playing centre back for town for the next five years. Obviously, his contract's due to be up this summer, but town I have a one year I, option. I so I think I, 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 I that. In fact, I'd go further. I'd be surprised if they didn't give him a whole new deal. I'd be disappointed if they didn't, to be honest. Yeah, I've, I've I think really they'll give him a new deal. He's shown um, enough, aren't they? Do, yeah. do you guys think this, that centre-back pairing is uh, what Town may build build from going forward? Because they both can play out from the back both very well. Yeah, or do yeah, you think, or think, do you think there's maybe an issue there whereby maybe neither of them are your potential types whereby... I think they're a bit similar. I think that goal at Stoke is born out of the fact that neither no of them ethic. want to go in and just... What take the ball, take the man, wipe them out, and that's my issue longer term. But I'm going to say the name Romari Edmonds Green here, who Steve Cosy. What, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere, but there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football knows how You're big a fan, a fan are, yeah. yeah big time i i think i before i was doing the option job i was editing a website called in bed with maradona and one of the projects mm. we did is we looked at the 100 best young players in the world under the age of 21 and there were four of us editors and we took 25 each year and we did this for six years and the one thing you learn with a young player is that the the ones that are going to make it aren't the ones that are necessarily play the best or have the most ability it's the ones that have got a little bit of something different in their head the intelligence and the work rate and he has got that in abundance and every time he comes in he's just a really quietly impressive effective footballer Again, he's covered at fullback this position. Was it right or left he played? Right, right. 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 That's yeah. I don't think that's beyond him by any stretch. And I think, again, there's, there's a he's lot. quick. He's really Yeah, quick. his recovery pace is brilliant. But, again, I don't know, you know, even as big a fan as I am, I don't know if he is of the same archetype, potentially, as Stankovic and Schindler. Because I do think you need a Daisy and a Dolly. It doesn't. The, the, it it the doesn't me- really strike us that uh, an old friend of mine who's sadly no longer with us, who used to scout for Huddersfield, used to call them wardrobe defenders. You know, your big sort of units, if yeah. you like, who yeah. used to take everyone, yeah. everyone out. Uh, and playing a flat, flat, flat pack four. Exactly. You're at, signed from IKEA and all. Tortured. That. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> tortured. <laughs> so. I'm get, I can't wait till Neil and Cosie are back next week. Sorry, but <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I think when it, when we're talking about centre backs, it comes down to which area of the team needs the least investment and are you most happy and which areas of the team do you think we need more players in these areas and centre-back I think maybe getting an experienced backup would be useful to cover for the fact that Tommy's Elphick's going to be out until the start of next season but other than that it's probably the last position where you'd be like you've got three there who can play without it being an issue so you know They've talked. Danny Cowley's talked about left-sided defenders openly, hasn't he? In in his previous yeah. interviews, whether that's he a left like back a left or left centre back is probably probably one of each. But I suspect the left centre back, if they can get one in this window, great. But to replace Congolo, he would replace. Yeah, exactly. Congolo, yeah. But I think I just there's other priorities. They need they do need a left back. Left back is different. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got three good centre backs there. So we, we've got three. So maybe Elphick. Uh, Elphick's probably going to be out for another year, isn't he? Uh, uh, he'll be. He's meant to be back. Oh, July, was it August? Yeah. Late summer. It's, All right. I so think he's hoping to be training in July, August. He said on stage before the uh, Stoke game, I think it was uh, in, in Panto, <laughs> that he's hoping to be back training in the summer and he's hoping to be back playing in September. I think every Huddersfield fan, if, whether Tommy wish, listens to this or not, I suspect he doesn't, and I wouldn't blame him if he didn't. But uh, every Huddersfield fan, I think, would well, would wish Tommy Elphick the best in his, his recovery. Yeah, especially day. And especially every Brighton fan. And every Brighton <laughs> fan as well. So, yeah, Tommy Elphick, he was good, wasn't he, on Sky the other day when he did the uh, yeah. Brighton game? He was pretty yeah. decent. He's, so he's great. He's for, the, for the media duties, he's always been. So if Tommy Elphick ever wants to come on our podcast, he's more than welcome. <laughs> He'd show us up absolutely 100%. It'd be very good, I think. Uh, he's definitely got a future in that side of things, hopefully. And gen- do you know what? He got pelters, but they've genuinely missed him. I think so. I think there the are aspects, his organisational yeah. abilities. He's, yeah. He was coming into it more, wasn't he? That little run we had when Cowley first came, yeah, that sort yeah. of seven-game unbeaten run, he was, four he clean was part of it. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he, were, he was coming more it into was, it. It was Tommy Elphick that played Christopher Schindel back into form. Yeah, yeah 100%. Ultimately. 100%. But he, 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 guided, he, he dragged him through, didn't he? He's a proper club captain type, is yeah, Tommy Elphick, isn't he? Yeah, he's been captain everywhere, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great sort of 
He's got a great attitude, and you can see his attitude on the field is is good as well. His positivity is yeah. is, is someone who I think the club miss on the training field yeah. very much. They, so they, he seems to have moved into I think they're sort of grooming him for a. A coaching role, or scouting role. I, 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 I need yeah. to ask about it. Actually. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if they, because I thought of this when when it happened. But when Dean Whitehead left for Oxford, it's I actually prime time for us to do. His I actually thought, do you know what? It? I wonder if Tommy yeah. Elphick is is flagged yeah. up for for that. I'm going to ask future. about this. They, they took him to an away chance. game, didn't they? They yeah. went scouting an away game, they, and they, he was it was an opposition game. It was yeah, a, yeah. Um, Maybe it's after your job as an analyst, Dave. They know. took him to watch Stoke, I think, to watch Middlesbrough. Tommy wants it; he can have it. I think they took him to Stoke v Borough. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. So the the other remaining centre back is obviously Terence Congolo, who def- definitely doesn't want to play for this football club. I think goodbye, Terence. That that is one certainty that I think is is pretty much fact. Stephen is that Terence Congolo doesn't want to play for this football club. When he played against Bristol City, some of the goals we conceded were were pretty much down to Terence not really putting the full full shilling in, if you like, Preston well, away as well. I know it's harsh to hang people out, but, but when you well, get paid that can, much I money... I can only really repeat what Danny said, which is that a move is probably best for everyone when it comes That's to... That's a very polite, parents. diplomatic way, isn't it, <laughs> yeah. of, of putting that? Whereas on a podcast, I'm sure we could, we could probably say a bit more, but I think it would be impolite to do so. Uh, but Terence Congolo, I think, I think he's got enough stock, Josh, uh, you know, he's, he was on the fringe. The, the reason he doesn't or didn't get into the Dutch squad is because of Delict, uh, Virgil Van Dijk, uh, and Nathan Aki and, and players like that. And that's that's should a, be getting in front of yeah. that. <laughs> that's a good backline. I mean, on, on form, he's a very good defender. We saw that in the Premier League, didn't we? When we were up there, when he came on loan, he is a good defender. It's just you need to have him in form. I don't think we'll get the money back we paid for him nowhere near. No chance, I don't no. think we're going to get the sort of 16, 17 million whatever we laid out. Would we get ten? Possibly, I, I mean, it depends who wants. It depends what countries wanting him. I think we're more likely to see him go out on loan this window with a yeah. view to see if he can get a move in the summer. David, and do you just think... get the wages off. Sorry, Josh. That's no, fine. David, David, do you think that January is the perfect time for desperation? Uh, you know, you've seen Aston Villa. Aston Villa. <laughs> Aston Villa. What a lovely <laughs> fair <laughs> question. I know. Sorry, David. It's it's bringing all sorts of visions back. But um, in terms of football clubs, January is the time where they get desperate and they all of a sudden start to reach and they think do you know what Terence Congolo and, and maybe now rather than the summer could be the time for us to recoup as much as possible I uh, there is something in that I think definitely but the problem is with Congolo is that uh, we again we don't know all the ins and outs but the story is out there that he's not in the squad and he's not in the squad for a reason other clubs aren't stupid yeah. um, and I, I think Congolo used to get a lot of praise because at least once a game he would put in a booming tackle um, and all the crowd would go mad. But my problem with the, that was... The Chelsea was, one, yeah. Yeah, Chelsea. my problem with that was those tackles often came because I was either originally caught out of position or it was his poor touch that had led to it or yeah. he'd not picked his man up. And the level of scouting and analysis these people do I just think I I just don't know where where you get someone to pay that money you know I, I really don't it's yeah. not just about getting back what you think you might be potentially worth but I think you're exactly right Josh I think 
I can see him going out on loan potentially to somewhere that have got an option to buy him in yeah. the summer if he plays his way into the side. But so one we'll one see. one snippet that I've I've picked up or gleaned, if you like, recently is that Danny Cowley did a. I'm sorry, Stephen. I'm, I'm, I'm using these phrases because the pressure from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so yeah, so Danny Cowley did a uh, Huddersfield Town. Um, there was a there was a, uh, a business conference, and I believe what he said during this is that um, one thing to look out for is that the French uh, French League uh, have a new TV deal in uh, in the summer, which comes in in the summer, which I think is 1.1 billion. So it's the third biggest TV deal in uh, in the world in, in terms of football. And uh, they think that a lot of French teams will have some money to spend in the summer. So the idea might be uh, to... Uh, so now I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but the idea might be now to... To send out your uh, your Terence Congolos, uh, your Isaac and Benzers, uh, I know we we, we move in position slightly. Adama Diakabi's players such as that might go on loan to France, and therefore they are in the shop window should they do well for the summer. But they but clubs have got to take them, and that the the, the evidence for a lot of these players at the moment is that we don't know if they're troublemakers or not. But just the evidence on the pitch is that they haven't been good enough at Championship level. Yeah, and that's my worry you know it is it is difficult to get players off your wage bill who are earning a lot of money and haven't been playing particularly well and i th- this the thing about this french league thing is there's lots of clubs who've got this idea as well believe me this isn't just a you know this is not like we say there are no secrets in football no and it i it's just it's a difficult position because Five players is a lot of players to have transfer listed, you know. It's not yeah. a usual situation, that, at no. all. And it's... I mean, one of them's already gone out, to be fair. Yeah, but... All right. But I take players. your point. <laughs> no, but... Right. No, I'm not... Yeah. It's, it's usually difficult to get five out in one window, yeah. especially, yeah. Absolutely. Especially when... I don't disagree with you. I'm especially just, when them players have been, like, perceived as maybe troublemaker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, not I, wanting to play. If you, if you, it's we, hard to get them. We don't know what the story is, but if you look at Mbenza, for example, you know, if we take Congola out, if you look at Mbenza, just look at the evidence of what we've seen on the pitch over the last 18 what? months and it's just not what evidence yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's barely playing this, this is precisely it and when he has played he's got what the goal against Man United his highlight reel is the goal against Man United more importantly cross, breaking that corner flag kicking that corner flag cross against Burnley wasn't there for Man never, that, never being ready to come on you know come <laughs> off the subs bench when required because he always runs on still doing his gloves still doing his shirt still fiddling around with everything it, it's it's a difficult position. The desperation thing cuts both ways. That's the problem. You know, Towner is desperate to shift them off the wage bill, as other clubs might be to get them in. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean that's an easy marriage or so an easy the thing sale, to do. The sales job that they'll be trying to do is something that you've said on our podcast a million times, Dave, which is we haven't seen Adama Diakabi with his tail up. We haven't yeah. seen Isaac and Benza with his tail up. And the sales job they'll be doing is... This is a very difficult period that the club has had. There's a lot of players that we know are good players that are still playing for us that we want to keep that didn't play well throughout this period. There's no reason they can't come back and do well as well. It's just that we don't feel like it's the right place for them to do it and neither do they. There's an argument as well as well to say that maybe Diakabian and Benza, young young men moving abroad, just haven't settled in the hills of in the hills possibly. of Huddersfield as well. So the, the, it's going to be interesting and I don't, I don't really resent David Webb, etc. I think Julie Winter's still here for a little while. Uh, Phil Hodgkinson for 
having to sell these players, uh, Danny Cowley. Um, so centre back, wrapping up centre backs very quickly. Um, we've got three half decent ones. Uh, one we're hoping to move on Terence Congolo this window, uh, especially. Uh, there's room potentially for one for one incoming. I think um, I, I, we've not really seen any names, have we? Uh, apart from all, Scott McKenna. You've Scott also McKenna got, today. Yeah, yeah you've also got Chalabar though as an emergency yeah. option. So yeah. I, I just, I think the reason you haven't seen any names linked is because I just think it's, it's like, like, yeah, yeah. Down, down, down the yeah. list. Leave it. I think. What's his name from Man City was linked somewhere? Howard Bellis, I think. Is that his name? Uh, the young centre-back? I don't know. It's but a, getting a young centre-back to come on loan and be fourth choice is going to be The thing is, is that if you're Man City, they only need a backup, really. So there's no point in, go, in using one of your loans to get someone from Man City who's never going to play. Mm. And why would they send him to us? Yeah, that's, that's the point I was so. just making. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very difficult to get a young player on loan if you're not going to play him, so... Uh, I think I think Davey are right there. Yeah, just I don't doesn't. think it's. But left back on the other hand, uh, yeah. which is our <laughs> next one, he's definitely yeah. a priority. It so has been yeah. since the summer. Yeah, we've got we've got one we've got two left backs at the club. Uh, well, one at the club now. Ben Jackson has gone out on loan to Stockport. Uh, good luck to Ben Jackson. Um, we, we're hearing good things from from him uh, recently, which is which is good. Uh, Jaden Brown, a player I quite like. Uh, Twenty years old, um, fresh to the first team, if you like. Fresh to first team football, full stop. He yeah. never played a senior game before. Contracted till twenty twenty one. I think we've got an option on that to take it further. I, I want to see Jaden Brown given a run, but at the same time, we need another option in there. And, and Stephen, this comes to, it's going to be very difficult for Town to sell that left back position to somebody because we've got a decent option there in, in a young man in Jaden Brown who will need dipping in and out. So yeah, what what, what kind of player are we going to? Real, realistically look for because if you go to like we just said a Man City and say we, we, we have a, a requirement for this left back can we take this guy on loan will he play every week the answer is going to be no well uh, potentially it may, no. it may or may not be I mean I, I mean ideally they would get a more experienced player who can come in and Jaden can train with and learn from over the next six months maybe with a view to either making a permanent sign in that he can continue to do that with or Jaden continues in the team next season I, th- I think Jaden's done all right. I don't think he's done brilliant, but he's been perfectly good considering that they don't have anyone else. He's look definitely at, their best option at the moment. But look at look at what he's done this season. Look, yeah. He's made his debut. He's had his first run in the side. He's had his first major injury. He's come back at the busiest time of the year. He's played against his first yeah. Premier League players I'm sorry, of the yeah, weekend. I, yeah. I, I don't, when, I, I, say, when I say I, he's done all right, I so don't mean to do him down. Steven, so no, I'm, I'm not trying to do him down <laughs> at all, but I'm saying that realistically, joking, when the project is avoid relegation, having a, a young player who's coming through and doing well, like who's on his journey yeah, in his first few steps listen, in football. They're going to get a left back. You're exactly yeah. right. They're going to get, and I would suggest that they recalled Ben Johnson because they felt they were really short Jackson. in that area. Jackson, sorry. He's, uh, they've recalled Ben Jackson because they felt they were really short in that area. I don't think he's gone back to Stockport because they don't think there's options out there or they think Flo is the answer. I, I would suspect they've got somebody lined up or two, potentially two lined up, you know, so they could uh, an A target and a B target. But just, just bounce this to you, Stephen. Do you think the dropping of Hadajanai was was quite harsh in, in retrospect or do you think it was just a case of the lack of left footers in the team which did for him or do you just think he's not not a left back because he not, was doing okay to be fair to the thing, I'm not as down on Flo as some but my problem with Flo from when a manager's position Danny Cowley's position is 
it, he, it's the intelligence again. It's knowing what to do in and out of possession. It's stepping in. Saturday, again, I know they're chasing the game, but the second goal comes because he gets caught so high up the pitch. And he exposes literally a whole flank of the pitch. Tommy, I'll tell you all about that. Yeah, for, yeah exactly. For their, their you know, Vokins just he had the he had the whole half to run into, and they're the things as a manager that I think drive you mad. And I think it's worth saying that Hadjani is a senior professional. He's played plenty of football at this yeah. point. You know, it's it, full he, international as well. Yeah, he's he's not a eighteen year old kid who's yeah. on it. You know, who's 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 just into double figures. And I. I think the problem is that they, we all know exactly what Haddish and I can do and we all know exactly what he can't do and the Cowleys will be exactly the same. I think that's, the, that's probably the hardest one to get right in this window's left back just because you've got Jaden Brown there who has done, he's done well in his first season coming through and like you said before, it's do you try and get a young lad from one of the bigger clubs who they're going to want to play? I mean, if he's better than Jaden Brown and with the position we're in, then fair enough. Or do you have to go down the route of finding an older senior player who's maybe not playing at Premier League level? And a bit like your Danny Simpson saw on one side, yeah, yeah. finding that on the other side, Jaden Brown can learn off him, you can dip him in him out the side. So I think it's a really tough one to get right this window. It's not just a case of getting it right, it's, a, it's just of doing it. I think yeah. it will, will yeah. be very yeah. difficult. And I think... One one thing one thing might be to we'll obviously have targets for the summer. You know, we've talked about Harry Tuffalo already. Uh, one name that's not come back up is uh, Max Vitek, uh, who was the uh, German from Greuther Fürth. Max Vitek, uh, the rumored um, person who uh, didn't move to us in the in the window in the end. Uh, it indicates we've been after a left back for for quite a while, Stephen. Um, not many names have come up. Uh, Sam McCallum's one that's come up from Coventry. Young youngster again. Yeah, um, I don't, yeah. I don't Har- Harry Toffolo's the more senior one at sort of mid twenties. Uh, do, do you agree with Josh? I, I agree with Josh. Do you think this yeah. is going to be a difficult yeah. spot to fill in in this particular month? In the summer, easy, easier. Yeah, like. it's very difficult. I mean, even if it was, even if you got someone with a similar profile to Jaden, and and I would like to stress again I think considering where he's come from he has done brilliant you hate him <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that when you look at it as a what the team needs right now mm-hmm. you can't say he's more than a six seven six and a half out of ten but I mean and that's perfectly good for where he's come from yeah, he's, had he, he's had his good games and he's yeah, had ones yeah, where yeah. if you can I know he's done as much as anyone could possibly have expected if not a bit more but if you can get another player just to for those periods where it is Saturday Tuesday Saturday just just have someone to rotate. You're Martin Craney like we had in yeah, the Wagner. Yeah, sort of exactly. Sort of Utility. Left-back version. Yeah, exactly. Just just to relieve the pressure on him on a bit, a, a little bit. Because it is a lot of pressure to take on as a young lad in your first senior season to be first and only choice at left-back for a team that's fighting relegation. And again... And, to, and Danny, Danny has said he wants to protect his young players. And to bring in another... I don't know whether... You're bringing another young left back on loan. Whether it's it's not quite a slap it's, in I the face, just, but it's not quite. No, but I think the way that they perfect. would, I think the way that they would explain that to him, and they wouldn't be lying, is just we we, we want to help you out. You can't at this stage be expected to play every single game. You can sell you can sell that role. You can sell that role easy enough. It's yeah. it's just it's the profile of player, isn't it? That's yeah, the problem. That's You're, the, yeah. There's there's not you know thirty left backs all sitting yeah. in a field somewhere no. that you can go and. Pick you're either, from. Go, you're like either cows, going yeah. for a young lad, like you say, your, your big your big academies who's coming through, not making the first teams, 
Or are you trying to get someone a bit older, like you say, your yeah. daddy seems to take the 32, 33-year-old. Yeah. You're looking at Short that time. Term, yeah. Any names that come up that, you, that you've seen and you thought, no, oh, did you know that would be... Did you know then? Is Christian Folk still... Play? Was he still at Leicester? Yeah, he played the other day. Did he he played, played over day? Christmas, yeah. I'm just thinking I didn't know if he were about. Just that sort of age, didn't he? Yeah. I didn't know Chilwell had totally... Should we go and get Wes Morgan and Robert Hooth as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them all in. I think they'd be Harry Toffolo, I think, is really good long term. And I think in summer, if you could get him... I think he's out of contract in the summer. Uh, he, he's he's ready-made for the championship, and I think he's a really good player. But, you know, with him being out of contract, he's probably going to... I mean, even where he is, he's probably going to cost you twice what he's worth at the moment because it's January, because yeah. Lincoln know the situation and everything. So I think you just find someone, keep your powder dry, and go for him in the summer, personally. Maybe you could do something, Josh, maybe bring someone in who can cover left back and left centre back just again theoretically yeah, like Lloyd yeah. Kelly at Bournemouth not getting yeah, game time down there I mean, that really, kind of he's player he's not really playing at Bournemouth is it since he's moved from no he's like since he's moved from Bristol choice. City he's not really he's not really, um, not really yeah. seen any first team football third fourth choice left back isn't he but with their injuries you see Bournemouth at the moment you're probably going to struggle to get someone like him out of there as well so he's yes. weighing it up in it yeah so left back definitely a priority Stephen so oh, yeah. um, that that is up there with well we'll come to number 10 but number 10 and left back are our probably two of our main priorities but probably right wing I would say even before left back but yes definitely definitely neck and neck right guys so uh, we'll move on to central midfield central midfields uh, there's one or two interesting questions for me in central midfield I, I I think we'll probably all be pretty unanimous that central midfield is not an area of concern I or an area well stocked, aren't yeah we? not if they can get I mean if they can stop the central midfielders they've got having to play at right back and left back and right wing and left wing <laughs> and number 10 yeah. then I, th- I think Jonathan Hogg epitomises epitomises everything David Wagner wasn't about and I think in many ways epitomises what Danny Cowley's yeah. uh, or Nicky Cowley both of them are about as well uh, as does Lewis O'Brien but one thing I, one thing I'll throw to you so there's two questions I've got one I'll throw to you in a minute Dave but the first one I'll throw to uh, Stephen and jo- well all three of you is that um I think Trevor, yeah, <laughs> Trevor Chaloba, uh, Trevor Chaloba, I think the reason why they quite like him is that they like a screen, you know, like two central midfielders who screen the back four. Like a double At, six, don't they? Yeah, they like a double six. He's mentioned before, he likes, he likes a double six. And I think that's partly why we're seeing Trev, Trevor play in front of uh, like Lewis O'Brien and Bakuna at the minute. Uh, I think sort of long term, Jonathan Hogg is, is going to be the number one ball winning midfielder there. Alongside him, Who's who's going to play alongside him, uh, Stephen? You guys, uh, Lewis Lewis O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. But do you think there's like a height issue there? Depending, obviously, it depends on the rest I, of the team because set pieces seem to be a, a, a part of yeah. the Cowboys. No, that makeup. is a good point. To be fair, because neither he nor Jonathan Hogg are particularly blessed with height. But I, I mean, very longer term, I can see O'Brien and Baku, like O'Brien being the hog playing the, the ball in the midfield's role. I think he's got a little bit more about him on the ball than, than he can, Hoggy does. He's, but he can do all sorts. He's got a bit about him, hasn't he? He's got a bit of bite about him. But that's, that's, I think, yeah, that's what he's going to mature into, I think, is a... And this got high as well coming through, so yeah. another one to look at there. Yeah. I, I like... If it weren't for the age and experience thing, I really like O'Brien and Bakuna as a, as a double six. The issue, because I don't think you can play Bakuna as a 10. Probably the, no, discipline's but, probably a problem. Yeah, there, there's discipline. Well, I mean, the well, well, say the solution to, to an indisciplined midfield is not put Jonathan Hogg in. <laughs> no, but it's it's tactical and positional discipline, yeah, not, that's not, I mean, yeah. not picking up yellow cards discipline. So, I don't know. I mean, it is 
we've talked before, Dave, haven't we, about when you've got all four fit and if you've got and you don't need them to play other positions, there is a decision to be made there. To be fair, between the four of them, the the solu- the, the answer probably in reality is the championship is a very long season, 46 games. You can't have the same yeah. midfield pair, particularly central midfielders. They're going to get run ragged. Mm. And they ideally, I think, would like to be picking and choosing between them for different games. Ben Whiteman's been linked uh, which from Doncaster, which looks like a Cowley kind of player to me, but I, I don't think we'll see anything this this window, yeah, particularly with regards yeah, to I don't that. I think there's anything that, in that. that. If that's going to happen, that feels yeah, like a, a summer. Yeah. It it it's not a position that we particularly need no, to be no, spending no, no, on now, is it? But I would like to address the seagull in the room, and that is Aaron Moy at the minute. So I, I remember in, in the summer, somebody saying that uh, Aaron Moy wasn't going to be as good as proper and, and Dale Stevens, which I, I laughed at at the time thinking, no. And uh, Aaron Moy, slowly but surely, one of Brighton's better players. And do you think uh, that's going to be made permanent either in January or later on? Do you I, think there's any uh, rush for that? I think, no. I, I think the thing is that Aaron Moy has taken a long time to settle. Um, he, he's, he plays a very, very different way to when he played at Huddersfield. Very, very different role. Um, and it's taken him a while to adjust. He's had, I think, three Man of the Match performances in six games. And I'll be honest, I think there's been a few people who've got carried away this end. The amount of people who've said to me, oh, he's a £30 million player now. I, I, no. That doesn't happen <laughs> for us. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and there's so. no way he's signed that contract to make sure you get a transfer fee for town to then price him out of any move that he wants. It won't happen. I think think we would like to make it permanent uh, and I'll go further and say that uh, you know I'm sure discussions are probably taking place if only at our end but we have first option I think which is being confirmed. Just to clarify you're a Brighton fan for those who aren't aware and we is Brighton here isn't it? Yes so we have the first option as far as I'm concerned so uh, the problem is for town wise is that I don't think there's any rush for us and Ultimately, he's taken a little while to get where he is now, but he needs to do it for another six to ten games. And the thing about the way Potter plays is that all your midfielders aren't really midfielders. They're half midfielders, half wingers, half tens, half strikers sometimes. So, it's again, it's a very, very different role. The one thing I would say is that I, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that he comes back and plays for town, you know, because if anyone can sell a project, it would be Danny Cowley. We've been in a room with him. He's incredibly magnetic. He's got all the charisma in the world. It just depends where Aaron's ambitions are and what have you. But I'm led to believe, shall I say, that he's very happy on the South Coast and he's got his best mate in goal behind him. So I, I would yeah. also say that while there's probably a greater than zero chance I really don't think anyone should expect to ever see him in a town no. show again no, no. I don't think by I'll ever any see him means I think if someone wants to pause this podcast they can see my heart well I can hear my heart breaking <laughs> really slowly because he's he's my favourite ever Huddersfield town player that I've seen he's Aaron Moy he's just he's magic he, for me he, the way that we play him at Brighton with total freedom really does suit him but you need uh, the one thing uh, Potter's team Swansea last year as well your midfielders have got to have a really good engine on them, really good engine on them. So the one thing I've noticed is that even though we're pretty well stocked, we're probably going to go out and get one or two more in the summer just because of the amount of work they get through. So you look at Aaron's age and even the, the 
you know, even though he's playing really, really well, if you get in that Brighton side as a midfielder, you've got to play really, really well to stay there as well. So who knows? He could have a bad back half of the season. We we don't know. Let's hope. Let's hope and let's hope we see him back <laughs> next year. Um, but obviously the money for Aramari would come in use if it, if it was to be triggered, I think, you know, sort of January, summer. Um, but figure-wise, I, I think people are kidding themselves unfortunately when they say yeah, 20 30 million i think i think at his age i know he's a brilliant player who doesn't rely on pace and he'll probably go into his, his early to mid 30s at a good level uh but i think I 12 million think tops, we'd probably get the money tops. back we paid for him probably I, about I, 12 million maybe i think that's the very top yeah. level probably i think you're looking at 12 million rising to about 17 or 18 depending on loads of bonuses some Sold. which he will hit <laughs> yeah. some which he will Done. hit and some which he won't so you're probably talking about maybe a like 14 15 million pound deal but he is in fact what we do on on our podcast or what i do on our podcast when i edit it is i i roll in quite a lot of uh, magic moments from across the year and pretty much every magic moment has Aaron Moy involved at some point you know the, even the Depuacha goal he plays yeah. the ball over the top you know at Chelsea Man United he gets the first goal uh, you know he's involved penalty at Wembley as yeah. well he's one of the, you know everything that we did involved through Aaron Moy and he's, he's without doubt my favourite ever Huddersfield Town player uh, after well uh, even, even more so than Marcus Stewart so yeah magic moments as, as you're whistling there <laughs> Uh, wingers, this is going to be very interesting. Ooh. So, oh, we have had a. Uh, is is it fair to say we've had a bit of a stinker in this area since yes, 2010? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anthony Pilkington, Gary Roberts, remember those the, those heady days uh, whereby they, they were fabulous to watch in and, uh, no, I, I mean, at League One no, level. They were in they were in our team of the decade, and I think we're in uh, Cozzy's team of the decade as well. And yeah, I, I, I did a I did a team of the like, decade. Didn't I, love, pick a winger. I, I love both of those players, but literally it was who else could you possibly put in there? And there is no one else. No, th- this is the this is the bad thing, and I think wingers has been a, a bit of a bane of of our transfer existence, shall we say, since. Um, for, for quite a while uh, we, we've had talented players like Adam Hamill was very talented but very um, controversial now, shall we yeah, say we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll just leave that there uh, Mal- Malvin Kamara but we, we've had uh, born on the way <laughs> sorry that's Bane Bane I've got it yeah uh, right so currently at the minute we've got I'm going to put right wing and left wing all into one and uh, the forgotten man of Huddersfield town currently sunning himself in near Cairo is Ramadan Sobi if you remember that man He's currently on. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's currently on loan at uh, Al Ali. Um, uh, yeah, he's never coming back. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not coming back. But again, are, are we going to ever get any anything? I think Town have done quite well out of the loan fees. We've got for the him. money back. We've paid for him off, haven't we? We've got loan yeah. fees. We've got a couple of million like in loan fees, which is yeah. To be fair, well done. Yeah. <laughs> because you know that that if you're if, not paying him a wage either. No, which is which is good, but I, I've put we've got Isaac and Benza, obviously a player that has no future at Huddersfield Town. I, I don't think anyone could argue otherwise. We've got Adama Diakabi, who uh, Danny Cowley's pretty much, as he yeah, said directly, Bristol, pretty Bristol much was the last uh, the watershed moment. Last saloon for him, wasn't it? You don't really want to see what my notes say here about Isaac and Benza and Adama Diakabi. Uh, Elias Kachunga brought in as a striker. I know he did brilliantly in the promotion year, but he was brought in as a striker and then ended up playing as. As a, a traditional German roundouter, shall we say? Uh, All right, someone's <laughs> played football manager. And that, Take that your inhaler and get out of works. here. <laughs> oh, that no, position never band, works. It? it ruined it. <laughs> that position never works on football manager, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's uh, as you know that kind of guy. He's like an inside well, we, forward. We've, we've said we've described him as like a championship Park Ji Sung Dirk Kout type. Dirk Kout's a good 
a good mm. example. He, he absolutely Works has a role. extremely hard. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a manager player. has a role. Unfortunately, he's, by Danny Coley's own admission, he's missed nine out of his ten sitters yeah. this season. This, this is the problem. He absolutely has a role in the squad, and he has a role in the first team for some games. Yeah. But the fact that Town are having to play him every game yeah. is doing him no favours. If, if you're playing truth. a team at the top of the division, or you're 2-0 up, and you want to see a game out, He's the man you want on the pitch. Shuts trust him, down. doesn't he? Yeah, if, you, him. if you want to go 2 nil up, 3 nil up, because you've taken a lead, he's not the man you want on the pitch. Do you think part of that is maybe who's behind him in Danny Simpson in that he's playing more of a supporting role and maybe he's not got the freedom to come in a bit more? Or is it just that he's just not hit form? Is it I just think he's just quite a limited player on the ball. I think the injury just did him at Watford, didn't yeah. he? he? He managed to play himself into a little bit of form that year at Prem. They scored that goal, then that injury just... It just took something away from him. I don't know what it is, but he's never been the same sort of player since, really. He's he's got so little confidence in front yeah. of goal, and he scored yeah. that he scored that goal against Hull, Hull. It, yeah. and it he still didn't kick on from there. He still didn't get the confidence. Yeah, that him. felt like a moment where it was like, oh, he's going to score yeah, five in the fine next here, and ten, it, it, and it didn't happen. Yeah. No, it's, it's sad because he's, he's genuinely one of the... I've he's, met him a few he's a, times. He's yeah, one of the he's nicest really, guys. He's yeah, most genuine really people. character. Yeah. And, he, and as I say, he works really hard. You have to have players like that in the squad. Yeah. I, I, I'm not doing him down at all, but I think they need but alternative squad. His contract, yeah. is, his contract, interestingly, is out this summer. We've got a one-year option. We, we've been divided on this. Day as, as, a, as a potential... I think he might potentially be a higher earner than what people realise, maybe. Um is he someone that you would keep? I I I, I value him quite highly. I, think, I would. Dave wouldn't. <laughs> I think they might give him a year, just because yeah, of what just because of what he gives. Like you say, Cowley trusts him, doesn't he? Mm. he, he tr- I know he's got no other option, but he trusts him to do the job. And like you've said, you need you need players like that in your squad and that he, you can bring on, see a game out, work hard, do your job. And I think that's what Danny Cowley appreciates most from him. So I think I can see him getting a year. And he's so lacking in players who are yeah. sort of late twenties. Yeah. Let's let's be honest, we've tried to replace him several times over and failed every time. So to sort of cut him loose might early might be a bit It it depends <sighs> who they can get. If they can get two wingers at there that have proven championship quality, then then it's maybe diff- it's not it's worth difficult. taking the year. But Dave's Dave's huffing and puffing, it seems I, I listen, I I think in that position however the Cowleys want to play they're going to want goals from that position yeah and he's not going to give you goals unless something radically changed over the summer I think if you can get him to sign up at a certain level of money fine but I think legally extensions have to come with a pay bump Correct. don't they Steve yes. um, yeah. so whatever Doesn't he's on now he's going to yeah. earn more to potentially be a squad body and I think he could be a Steve uh, you know, we don't know for definite, but I think he'd probably be quite an expensive squad body. And I, I just think you can upgrade that position relatively easily. I think he's a manager's dream because he'll run up a floodlight if you ask him to. But again, very expensive member of that squad potentially. But change the wrong bulb. Is that what you're going to do to finish the analogy? <laughs> <laughs> right. So again, we've got Josh Caroma uh, and. Uh, Callan Grant, I've put as a left winger. I, yeah, I've, I've said on our podcast all along that I do not see him as a central striker because no, because of the back to goal side of things. You know, back to goal, his first touch into space is not. You don't want him back to goal. You want him in front of the ball. You want the ball in front of him chasing things, and you need a good striker. And you kind of want him tucked in a little bit from the left, so he's coming into his right. Yeah, totally. Foot. I've been on this very podcast advocating for that position before. A, a number of people have t- tweeted us and asked. 
is it going to be possible to keep Carl and Grant? I think in January we won't have many problems, yeah. but do you think past January it's going to be a bit difficult, I, Stephen? Uh, potentially. Um, yeah, I think things have probably cooled down a bit on Carl and compared to where they were on that hot streak. Um, and, and I think they will keep him through January, as, as we've sort of said all along. Whether they keep him in the summer is another issue. But, but they'll get the right money for yeah, it. Exactly. If he, yeah, exactly. If, if he does, in, if he does, in Town's cart there, and I think. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If he does go, then it's going to be for very good money, and it'll be. You're going to get a level of money, money where you can buy two players to replace him. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. I think. I think. So wingers wise, we, how many do you think? We, I think Carl and Grant has nailed that well, left inside left left wing position, but right wing to me seems somewhere. They they don't have another right where winger. We need that. They, Adama Diakabi was playing there as a left footer coming inside. And but, and, but on the left wing as well, they've only really got uh, Carlisle because Josh Gromer is is the backup. I think Danny Cowley is is has been fairly clear that he sees Josh as as a, a development player. Mm. The fact that he has played both Janino Bakuna and Lewis O'Brien on the left wing, despite having Caroma uh, as an option, probably speaks volumes on that regard. I know he's had sort of three starts, and but. Uh, yeah, I mean he's 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 a promising player, Josh Karoma, but there's work that he needs to do he's not before for he's going to be he? starting. Yeah. And again, if you're looking at players to take them through to the summer, I'm not sure is the answer. So probably they they Carlan, I think he's probably reasonable enough as a backup that they can have faith with Carlan and Josh on the left side. But they definitely need someone on the right hand they side. They can also change the way they play as well with Grant. Yeah. But but you they need a right winger. Yeah, for sure. Not somebody who comes inside, not an inverted forward. They need said, a right winger. Because Danny Cowley said about his lack of left-footed players, but do you think this is a job for a right-footed yeah. winger to get wide? Chalk on your boots, get wide, cross the ball, good set-piece delivery. You know, they need a winger. Not, not Nothing fancy or modern, a winger. Anybody that's cropped up recently that you've seen that might take a fancy? Josh Sims is a name that's come up, but I don't he's think... He's left-footed, though, isn't he, I think, Josh Yeah, Sims. I think so. And and I think he's... Good. I think Sheffield Wednesday, from what I understand, are sort of leading the chase to use a, a horrible tabloidism. Josh, you've got your finger on the pulse, so usually with transfer rumours and stuff. Any, them, anybody that's... I mean, that's you know the one that I'd love, because we've said it many a time, aren't we? In a, we've talked in about Marcus Mr. Madison. Marcus Madison oh, yeah. that gives you everything, but... 10? He plays wide, or he plays it at comes 10, in from the right or plays He just very much reminds me of Pilkington. He's yeah. that sort of player. He scores goals from everywhere. He's got good, good goals and assists, good set piece. But he's going to cost you two and a half million. And when whether, he's out of contract in the summer, yeah, and you're also going to have to convince him to come because I, to I think certainly half the top end of the championship. Yeah, are yeah it's another yeah. one where you're going to be you're going to have to try and convince him to come through. It's um, I, I think, think I likened buying Marcus Madison to a 2.5 million Alton Towers Q jump in January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so essentially what, what you is, is the Marcus ultimate Madison. obviously. <laughs> I've not been on the, I've not been to Alton Towers for about 15 years. No, neither have I. I've got no idea what there is there anymore. But anyway, uh, Marcus Someone Madison stole my girlfriend last time I went to Alton Towers. <laughs> so we shouldn't sign Marcus Madison. That's the conclusion there. <laughs> I think we've nailed that. Okay, so we'll move on to number 10. So it morphs into your number 10 role. We've only got really two players that you would class as a number 10. We've tried O'Brien, tried Bakuna. Yeah, one of them's a development player in Matty Daly, oh, as, yes, as, you, course, would, as yeah. you would say. And Alex Pritchard, who's uh, currently... Uh, one thing, I, I can't remember if I threw it. We've been going on that long. I can't remember if I threw it in earlier, but I think town fans of a certain age will remember when Marcus Stewart had a cyst on his shin 
uh, which was probably <laughs> 95, 1995, showing my age as well. Uh, so essentially, Marcus Stewart had a cyst on his shin and Town were trying to do certain things and trying to get him to play through it, physiotherapy. In the end, they messed around for two, three months, didn't get the right player, and he ended up having to have an operation. Uh, and Alex Pritchard has currently got uh, the, sh- the, the cyst on the back of his... Oh, it's easy to say. The shushed. I'm going Dutch, I'm going Steve McLaren. Uh, he's currently got the cyst on the back of his knee, I think it is, at the minute. That's right, yeah. The knee itself is fine. It's behind his knee. And I think that the thing is he's that he can potentially play with the cyst, but he would be playing at sort of 60, 70, 80. Yeah, his, his mobility is, is affected and he's obviously in a lot of pain And as, as a well. number 10, that's probably yeah, not... Yeah, exactly. He can't, because as a number 10, when you're giving and receiving, you're doing a lot of twisting and turning. So it just isn't practical. Uh, so Pritchard, I've, I've been on this on our podcast a number of times and said Pritchard for me was the wrong type of number 10 we signed in the Premier League. Uh, new manager, new clean, you know, clean slate, new theories, etc., etc. Pritchard for you, is he someone to persist with, guys? Or do we need a, a new, fresh number 10, a new a new hero, if you like? Because uh, this, for me, that this Danny Cowley's made a lot of noise about this number 10 position. It seems that this is a very clear pivot, a very clear position of power if you like that he's he's really basing a lot of his football theory on so it seems to be an important position for Danny Cowley uh what would you do Josh would you would you stick with Alex Pritchard hope he gets fit I like Pritchard you know we've had quite a few conversations about it but like I said from his time at Brentford so I think he's a really clever footballer we haven't got what we've paid for him we've not seen any enough return um it's one of them where if he is fit and we can get him playing great because I think he's a good player at this level but it's one of them, if you're not, do you try and cut your losses and, and maybe try and get someone else in to cover that role? Again, we're talking probably potentially in, a higher Going forward, well. like I say, it's one of them in January. I think we all know that we need we need a turn. I know, sort of, I know Samish Modic has been linked a few times. Isn't he? My worry with that is how far down the line are we to get to Samish Modic? He seems one of them I, where... I think he's only if other targets don't yeah see, for, for that I don't, I don't want to do him a disservice really but it sounds like he's a bit of a a bit of a Bristol City Reese Brown in the sort of way he's he's come up he's done well at League 2 and then he's played one game for Bristol I, and I, just not played I, at all I think it's, it's a, a bit, bit different because the, the reason he's not played from having spoken to my counterparts at Bristol yeah they basically they signed Andy Vyman who yeah. has basically been so good that they haven't been yeah. able to drop him so it's not it's not quite I, I, I know what you mean yeah. I can see how you've come to that but I don't think it's quite the same where like Reese Brown you would have thought if he had if they had any faith in him would have oh, played yeah, as yeah. soon as Pritchard went down yeah. injured it's not quite that so Casey, yeah. Casey Palmer is a player that I like a lot and you like yeah. a lot of Josh yeah. as well he's not been able to get in the side of Bristol City Jamie Patterson another player who's been at Huddersfield yeah. uh, he's ended up been going out on loan I think to Derby I think he's come back now he's he gone back yeah. so th- there's, there's players there which Bristol City have got in abundance so Sammy Smodic it's no slight on him that he's not ahead of you know Casey Palmer Andy, Andy Vyman and and, uh, and and I can't remember the other one I just mentioned yeah. as well and he has played under Cowley and yeah, well, yeah, he's obviously seen him a lot so as well at Colchester. So he's got it, good links with Bristol as well. It's an interesting apparently. one. So I, I like him a lot as well. He's a, he's like he's similar to Pritchard, but he's a lot stronger. Yeah, he's a lot harder to knock off the ball. Um, and I I certainly think there's a player there, but I think maybe there's a player there that you get as a backup. Yeah, and you have a primary number ten, and you have another one who plays. You know, you, that you make them sort of semi interchangeable in your system, but. I, I've said to Steve all along on the other podcast, <laughs> I've said all along that if they're not going for him, then they need to have exactly that player lined up. Yeah. Because that's that's 
one of the, one of the things they need. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah, ultimately, you need a flexible number 10. I'm not sure he's the perfect scenario. Yeah. But he is not a bad option at all. Not a bad option at all. It's a very difficult position to fill, is this number 10. Mm, You're yeah. usually looking Always at... Always is, yeah. Usually, it's not a very British position in a lot of ways. Number 10, we, I think in British football, we're probably a bit late to the number 10 role. Yeah, I mean, in, in some I mean, ways. well... We, we, we stuck <laughs> Glenn, with 4-4-2 until... Glenn Joe Cole had their careers <laughs> almost ruined because we didn't have number 10s in this country <laughs> exactly. we, we about 15 years ago. So the ones that are usually knocking around are usually of the younger end, uh, you know, that are coming up through academies between the ages of 18 So we're not going to sign Glenn Hoddle? I, I would hope not, given his um, okay. given his age, uh, relative... Uh, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a... I think, to be fair, there's quite a long list of reasons that Town should not sign Glenn Hoddle. Let's move on from Glenn Hoddle and and (laughs) (laughs) move on from there. But I I would expect, with Alex Pritchard, if he's to stay Alex Pritchard, I would expect a younger attacking midfielder from from somewhere else to come in. Make it a contrast. Make it a contrast. You've got Pritchard to be your small, mobile, plays the six-yard pass, looks to feed a, a striker running on. Or so an easy brown right. type, if yeah. you like, yeah. is, would be perfect get for me. Get somebody yeah. who's a contrast, who's more powerful, gets beyond the striker, who's happy pulling out wide. And you therefore know, that's, you've that's the match. Yeah. So the final position is the striker, and we've, we've, we've only really got... Uh, a couple because uh, we've we've classed Carl and Grant as a, an inside forward. I think. For yeah, us. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's he's there as a he can play there. But obviously, so I've, I've mentioned Steve Munier already. Do you, the feeling I get is that this this is a gut instinct. It's based on no inside information whatsoever. Is that maybe the club? Maybe Steve Munier is a great guy, good trainer. But there's something that just kind of that just kind of sticks in the back of my mind, thinking. I think the club are looking to maybe move him on a little bit, potentially, whatever that reason is, because he's a high earner, the transfer fee, the value, etc. There just seems to be something whereby maybe he his face doesn't quite fully fit. At the Why club. is he only... What's he wearing on his other foot? <laughs> I'm starting to ignore these now. Yeah. <laughs> um, now you know what I have to go for on a weekly say, basis. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think, that's been, I think that's been the feeling about Steve Mounier since... For about 18 months, hasn't he, it? Uh, right, let's be honest. He's not mobile enough to do what the Cowleys want to do yeah. longer term. He doesn't score enough. I know he's just got a couple, but he's not clinical enough, let's be honest. He's a great plan 2.5, but he Can we afford the 2.5? Yeah, I think that's, that's where it. it comes down to. Well, this is what we've said on our podcast. He becomes a very expensive member of your subs bench. Mm. Now... You keep him till the summer, obviously, but I think in summer again you can jiggle around those positions. He's but I, I, I think the one thing Town need is not they've got Steve Mounier to be Steve Mounier. They need someone else to be Fraser Campbell because Fraser Campbell exactly. can't be Fraser Campbell for ninety minutes every week. Twice well, he's a week only for the rest done it of the once, season. Yeah. Season. So minutes. they need to go and find a, you know, whether they go and bring in. I know there's been a couple of names like sort of Dwight Gale and various others. Dwight Gale's not going. They come to need us. a highly mobile, unselfish centre forward who is willing to do what Campbell does. Could that man, Stephen Josh, be Colin Kwana, who's coming back from injury? Cheers, cheers for letting me take that. <laughs> um, 
No, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't either. I'll, I'll pull you out of the flames. <laughs> I don't either. He's not, let's, let's, I know we're laughing, but he's not a bad football. He did okay. No, he's not. Much. I mean, he's just. And he's unsafe. He'll do a yeah, job. He'll do a job. He does, he does, the, job he does the job that's asked for him to do. If it, yeah. it fits a lot just, of what what David just said, doesn't he? Unselfish, runs the channels, yeah. not the best in the air for his size. Yeah. But he does a lot of great, solid work. Well, Again, he's a good, con- well, well, he's similar to Kachunga the, in a lot the, of ways. The other, the other one that they're taking a look at at the moment is Raquel Pike, who they've just recalled from Rochdale. Now, you only need to look at the reaction to his recall on Twitter to... From Rochdale little, or Huddersfield fans? From the Rochdale fans yeah. to kind of get a flavour. They're not exactly heartbroken that he's gone back but he's a player that he's 22 his contract's up in the summer and the Cowleys want to have a look at him and see what he can do mm-hmm. um, I doubt that he's the answer he might make the bench a few times maybe he'll get his chance but he is a big, big centre forward ball. in yeah. that mould who they they have tried to use as a target man he's mostly played out wide for Rochdale which might be part of the issue because I think he... He did a Wrexham a little bit as well. Yeah, I think he would like to be a centre-forward. Like, you, Dave, you described him as like an Emil Heskey type. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got... He's a gentle giant. Yeah, and he, he is somebody who plays to benefit others, basically, is what I mean by that. But, I again, I think Town can go out and get the player they need here because strikers, similarly to goalkeepers, there's always loads of strikers out of work. Yeah. And... With strikers, it is quite often worth taking a punt on a young lad because they're eager, they're keen to prove themselves, they're full of running. I, I, I think Town should be able to do the business they need to do in that area. To be honest, what, what kind? What, who, I know names are difficult to come by. With, with, mm. I think Rian Brewster was mentioned, wasn't he, in passing? Um, but I think more than in passing, to be fair. Yeah. So we, we're looking. At the type there, Fraser Campbell is is kind of almost the perfect type, but, but yeah. there's not that many knocking around of his experience no, and type no. that would. And you're would also drop getting down. an extra ten percent out of Fraser because he's a hometown boy. And strikers are expensive as well, notoriously. Yeah. Even the ones that don't score goals are yeah. pretty expensive. Um, <laughs> it's it's again, it's another difficult one. And to be honest, the same as every single other position that we've already talked about, it's very difficult to name names because, as we've said on our podcast, Utabia. Uh, several times before, <laughs> the signings that they're going to get are players that you've probably never heard of. In the same way that you probably had never heard of Aaron Moy before he signed on loan. And not. that's not to say that they're bad players or that they're not going to do a job or who's this guy, but it's just that's the reality of it. If you're looking at players that are young players playing in Premier League 2 squads that for the under-23s, you probably won't have heard of them, but that doesn't mean they can't do well. No. 12 months ago, when Huddersfield were obviously in the Premier League, I was on, on our podcast saying we need to sign that striker now, you know, in the January, while we are a Premier League club, to put someone and in the transfer window. I think they had, because I don't think they foresaw playing Carlin Grant yeah, on but the left. I was, <laughs> I was a little bit more, uh, in, <laughs> a little bit more sort of ambitious, if you like, and I was throwing around the names of like Che Adams and Neil Morpé, who's gone to Brighton, and I've got much salt about that. But <laughs> in, in real, in reality, Huddersfield really need to be signing these type of players prior to them going to Brentford or Birmingham, don't they? Yeah. And, and that's what we're going to be looking at. And I think, they've got to go and loan one potentially two right now and they've got to sign in the summer because strikers are the worst possible value in January going 
they oh, they God, the yeah. premium on a striker in January is ridiculous. So I think they, unless they've got some absolute worldy of a deal lined up, that's a position you could definitely go and get a Premier League loan for. Potentially even two, you get somebody who can play wide as well as as play through yeah. the middle. Eddie and Ketty has just become available. Yeah. That's I, it would make a lot of sense, that. I think we'd be, again, we talk about queues, don't we? I don't know if we'd be at the top of that particular queue, but he's... Bristol a, City have been after him for ages. Yeah. They would love to have him. I think there's a, I think he's a type, isn't he? What David's just yeah. said, he's the type that you would, yeah. you would look at. And he would play for us. He's a good player. Yeah. But I think that kind of wraps up the, the striker side of things there. And I think the only way to finish is by doing what we usually do and just throwing to Twitter for one or two tweets because I'm very wary that we're almost up to two hours now <laughs> and that nobody's saying he's going to listen to every second of this uh, in one go, hopefully. Uh, so How many are saying to sign Glenn Hoddle? <laughs> let's ignore Stephen once again. So, it, so at Charlie Browns has said, if we don't offload Congolo and Benza, etc., should we look to reintegrate... Very quickly, we'll answer this. Very quickly, should we look to reintegrate them till the end of the season? Oh, I, I say no. Have been burnt, aren't they? Nope. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're all saying no. Uh... Again, Johnny Foster's are talking about the value. Would we take 50% of what we paid out just to get rid of them? Yeah, maybe. Tempting, yeah, I, I, it's honest. not... It's, it's wages, not, isn't it? Yeah, it's not about the transfer yeah, exactly. fee. It's the wage bill. I think a lot of them are sort of saying uh, Dwarf Pen, William Bradbury, get, get rid of the wage stealers, if you like. Uh, the thing is, you always know, when, you, when, you, when you're buying plays in the Premier League, there's an inflation there yeah. because everyone knows that Premier League clubs have money. And if you're not in the Premier League anymore... You, then you have to accept that and you're it, not going to get the inflated transfer fee for Even them. with relegation clauses on the wages, they're still earning more than they should yeah, in the exactly. championship. Mm. Yeah. My mate Ian from Australia has given us a transfer talk bingo. So I've been uh, sat there, I, I looked at this and I thought, I wonder how many of these we'll try and squeeze in. Have to. So these are the, the bingo uh, ones. Where, so get your dip dabs at the red. Or dabber, is it a dabber that these are bingo? Get that at the red. Dip dabs. Yeah, I'd love to show you with dip dab right now. I'm surprised Magic Rock don't do one, so there's an idea there for Richard Sherbet Dib Dab uh, beer. That'd be decent. But have to overpay in January. I think we've pretty much covered that. Don't want to panic buy. I think we've covered that as well, Ian. Get rid of the bad apples ASAP. Pretty much it. I think we use shit houses rather than bad apples on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. Look at Premier oh, League loans. Shit houses. <laughs> Premier League loans. We've covered that in depth yeah. for you, mate. Uh, get business done early. Well, it's 7th of January and we, we've kind of showed patience. Though, so. like, as you said, though, Dave. As long as they're in before Barnsley, it don't matter. It, we didn't need them for Southampton, and we couldn't play them at Stoke anyway. I think so, it'll give everyone a really big boost. Yes, if, if we get a couple would, of really faces would. in by Barnsley, I think it'll just lift the mood a little bit. Yeah. It'll just yeah, it'll, and it'll give everyone they a bit of a push for that game. The last question is, um, we've, we've had it from one or two people, and they, they, they say send Trevor Chaloba, I can't even say his name, so Chaloba. Chaloba back, and, uh, and reuse that loan. I say no. Uh, I think he's... More important to the Cowleys than what I think probably yeah, meets the eye. I asked I asked Danny about him uh, after the Southampton game when, as Dave said, he had one of his better matches. That might have been on the other podcast we recorded. What was the best? What was the best one? years ago this evening. What was the best performance? Redding Gardiff. at home. Cardiff. Cardiff. I thought Redding at home he was. I all right. He was great at against Redding as well. Yeah, yeah. and he was. Good. See, he was, had, and, he, and he spoiled it, didn't he? With the, uh, the thought, head, but, yeah. the head but I thought that was probably his good games. We've we've been saying for months, and and Danny actually echoed it. Uh, he feels like Trevor has played his best games when Pritch has been on the pitch. The system stifles him, doesn't it? Yeah, it a does. He, d- he doesn't work well as a because the problem is is that when he's a player who's without wanting to go on and on, when he's a player who's expected to carry the ball to the edge of the box, 
he's not a player that plays well on the edge of the box. He, he, it's not where he's comfortable. He always needs an extra second more than he needs to. Whereas we've seen again with that pass against Birmingham that he can play instinctively in those areas yeah. and play passes through like the one he played for Fraser Campbell. Yeah. I think he's worth the benefit of the doubt. If they can get a good number 10 in, I think we might see the best still only 20 again. years old. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be a bit inconsistent. I, I admit he's been not been good enough, generally speaking, but I think there's enough upside there that if they can get the right system and get him playing well, he could be a really, really good player. I think his highest level is higher than any other midfielder there. But I think his lowest level is way below the others. And yeah. the problem is that averages out to a defender who doesn't, uh, a midfielder who's not really impressing anyone. What he needs to do is find a way to be a 7 out of 10, not a 10 out of 10, a 7 out of 10 consistently and go from there. That's the problem Rain with really the young syndrome. players. Problem with young players, I guess, isn't it? So let's, uh, right, I want to wrap up the, the podcast now. So what I'll do is I'll go around individually. Uh, this window, January, I want to see a left back. I want to see a number 10 and I want to see a right winger. Those are my three priorities. If we do that, I'm a very happy guy and I think Huddersfield Town will be safe, providing these players are decent, obviously, yeah. at the end of the season. Uh, if he had to push me for three names, uh, Marcus Madison, uh, Harry Toffolo, uh, right winger, a little bit more difficult. Um, yeah, hard. It's, with yeah, that's a, a difficult one to come up with. I'll probably need some time to think about that, especially with it, probably the need for being a right footer going on the outside, especially yeah, with Danny yeah. Simpson. It's a tricky one that, uh, especially when you weigh up the need for experience versus youth as well. Because if we're going to be signing a young number ten, which I think we is is what I would do. Uh, the right winger, then do you want to sign too many young players? So I'll go around to you individually. What are you guys wanting to see? What are you happy with and what are you disappointed with? Uh, let's go to uh, Joshua first. I think if I could get three, I'd be happy with a left back, like I said, pretty much a winger and a, and a winger a 10. I think if we can get that in, nail them three positions, we'll be fine. Any names that you want to see? If I get Marcus Madison, I'll take him at drop of a hat. Uh, anything apart from that, it's it's just hard to pick. You, you know what I mean, really? It's, it's, it's just pick, who knows? Out of a hat. Yeah. Uh, David? Uh, I think exactly the same. I think a left winger, 10 and a uh, left back, or 10 and a right winger is exactly what you need. I think left back, Premier League loan from someone, fine. I think your 10 is a difficult position. That's the number one for me. Yeah, yeah and I, 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 think it's I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Madison is great, but I think it's a pipe dream. I don't think it's yeah, going to happen. Um, and I think Smonix is, is an option, but, you know, who knows who's on the list of names. And right wing is... I mean, by the time this has gone out, they might have even yeah, signed someone. Yeah. But I think the, I'm the, notoriously slow at editing. That right wing <laughs> position, as I said, I, I think is more important than people are making out because they need a winger. They need somebody who can the feed balance. the strikers and get Grant coming in to make that two when they're attacking down yeah, that side. It's worth pointing out, Carlin Grant's only scored one goal in his last seven league games. They need to they need to help him out. It's not yeah. his fault. It's just that teams have sussed out town system, they sussed out that he wants to come in and cut in on his right foot and they need to need someone to help him out and and if they can get dummy runners and more men in the box that just makes a world of difference Stephen you declared your love for Huddersfield Town over Christmas I don't know if you'd yeah. had a sherry or something <laughs> on Twitter didn't you you got a little bit amorous with, I did. with Huddersfield Town you, you, you're pretty much in love yeah. uh, with uh, with the Terriers these days um, what would uh, what would keep your love going if you like uh, number 10 um, number Glenn 10, Hoddle would be good um no, to, as I say, if they can get... I think the attacking players are more important than... They do need a left-back, but I think 
if they don't get one, Flo can play there at a pinch. They've got enough players that can cover. I think it's absolutely vital they get, just to echo these guys, that they get a number 10 and that they get other options in attacking positions because it's not just about, oh, it's an improvement on Kachunga, but as I say, it's how do you get the best out of the players you've already got? Yeah. How do you get more? Because I think there's, def there's definitely more goals to be gotten out of Carlin Grant and Fraser Campbell. Yeah, excellent. So I think we'll wrap things up there. So uh, thank you very much for listening to Andy Takes That Chance. Thank you very much to Josh, uh, Stephen and uh, and David for uh, entering and coming in. And you can obviously find their Utabia Terrier podcast, Acast, wherever. Wherever you get your podcast. Wherever really, you get your podcast. Yeah. It's probably next to ours in the in what people listen to. Whenever I click on ours, it also says people also <laughs> listen to Utabia Terrier as well. So you probably listen to them both. So it's probably a bit of an echo chamber that Stephen's I think uh, our, into. our listening figures tell us that not everyone that listens to this podcast listens to Utabia. So uh, it'd be nice to get there. There we go. No, and there, there is the reason behind the, the sales pitch from Stephen, I think. <laughs> uh, thank you again. Thank you to Magic Rock for sponsoring us. And and, and uh, thank you guys for coming in once more. And I uh, hope you've enjoyed the, this, this edition. There's a team that is dear to its followers. The colours are bright, blue and white. They're a team of renown. They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say who can be the town today and then the bells will ring so merrily and every goal shall be a memory so town play up and bring that cup back to others so town play up and bring the cup back to The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget, share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now 
by the McDonald's app. Ewan. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.